Hello, everybody. Welcome to this week's episode of This Is My Bourbon Podcast. I am your horse-voiced host. Say that five times fast. Perry, thank you all so much for listening into this week. It is a very, very special episode, one that I have been very excited about for a while now, and is just the start of what I'm calling the two weeks of festivals. It's a very catchy title. I know it is. But this is uh, uh, all the recordings that we did from Hometown Rising this past weekend. And it is, uh, it, it, it's all interviews. It's a really, really fun time. Um, I think you're going to enjoy it. There are some huge surprises in there that I didn't even really know uh, were going to happen until about uh, five or ten minutes before they did. So I think you're really, really, really going to enjoy this one. I will be back with you at the end, though to chat a little bit more, but until then, enjoy this episode. Our first guest of the day is J.D. Shelburne. J.D., welcome to the show, man. Man, thanks for having me. Absolutely. So uh, tell the folks a little bit about uh, where you're from, what brought you to Hometown Rising. I am from uh, Taylorsville, Kentucky, which is a little small town about 40 minutes from right where we're sitting, and uh, I... uh, Grew up on a tobacco farm there in Kentucky. Yeah. And moved to Nashville in 2008. Started playing guitar in college about 2002 after the death of my grandmother. I found a guitar she had when I was in college. Taught myself to play and sing around the house for two or three years and uh, started building a little fan base kind of one by one, playing clubs around Louisville, Lexington, all of central Kentucky area. So Nashville, 2008, moved there and uh, haven't looked back since, man. Played about 3,000 shows. I do uh, over 200 a year. And uh, I got asked to be on this show last year. They had mentioned it to me. I met Danny Wimmer at Derby. Yeah. And uh, he had kind of put a bug in my ear about, hey, we're going to bring a country festival to Louisville. I'd love to have you a part of it. And I'm like, man, don't you forget. And, uh, <laughs> and they called me in January. And, That's uh, awesome. And we were on stage in about two hours. Well, I did not realize that you were from Kentucky. And uh, off air, I just kind of mansplained to you uh, how far Lexington is away yeah. from Louisville. And I really apologize no, for that. No, it's all good, man. <laughs> I haven't been there in 10 years, man. So you tend to forget those things. So country festival. Um what, what kind of a niche of uh, con- uh, country music do you kind of lean towards? You know, I'm, uh, I grew up on a tobacco farm. Uh, we raised tobacco in my family. So we listened, that was in the late 90s, early 2000s. So 90s country is big, big for me, man. I grew yeah. up on uh, Garth Brooks and Alan Jackson and Tim McGraw and, you know, uh, you know, all these big 90s artists. And so, I, you know, I was born in 82. So when 92 rolled around, Garth came out, man, that's when the, the tapes were starting to hit Walmart, CDs. Yeah. And uh, I cut my teeth on 90s, 90s country, and then 2002 when I started playing guitar, 90s was starting to fade out, but yeah. 2000s pop was coming on. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the, all that stuff. And the 90s rock and roll with Matchbox 20, Goo Goo Dolls, all those Ooh. guys. I was mixing them in, so that's that's what I was raised on. I like that, that you're kind of taking uh, this this kind of hodgepodge of uh, different yeah. different influences. But, you know, it, it seems like all those different influences – would work really, really well together. I mean, you know, whether it's taken from a, a songwriting perspective or, um, you know, your guitar style or whatever, I mean, that totally makes sense to kind of mesh all of that together. Are you excited about seeing Tim McGraw? Very, man. This, yeah, this will be my first time actually being on a bill with him. Um, oh, that's I've done cool. lots of shows, but he's never. He's usually been like the like the next day or, or the next, you know, just either the next town over. But tonight, like, I, I see my name on the poster and his name's up above mine a couple lines. I'm like, that's kind of cool. And so, uh, you know, I've seen him in concert several times, you know, on days off. But, man, this that dude can throw down and throw a show on, man. Yeah. And he's going to he's gonna light Louisville, Louisville, Kentucky up tonight. Is it kind of a, um, a dream come true 
being able to share the bill with him and, and you, you took the words out of my mouth yeah. man I, i've told this story many times i'm like man I, you know when i found out when that when i booked this show when danny wimmer told me about this show january came along and they booked me for the show they didn't tell us who was going to be on the show with us they just said hey there's going to be some quote big artists a part of this we'd love to have you can you can you can we can we commit you on contract i'm like sure april rolls around they asked me to come up for the announcement and when uh, when i saw the announcement for the very first time and saw tim mcgraw and the big bold letters i'm like oh my god man they weren't playing <laughs> i know and, they were not um, and so yeah it's, it's a dream come true for me i mean all these guys keith urban tomorrow luke you yeah. know dwight yokum tonight he's a kentucky boy and i mean could they have got it any better lineup i, I mean, don't think so it, it is solid man yeah yeah i totally agree Let's talk bourbon, too, though. Yeah, man. Of yeah. course. Um, we were saying a little bit beforehand that uh, you actually got a little bit of bourbon in your veins. I do. You know, Not just being a Kentucky boy. Right. But. You know, gosh, when everyone says Kentucky now, they think of the Derby or the Bourbon Trail. Yeah, you right. Know? And right. They don't realize there's country music, you know, sewn in as well. Rick yeah. Skaggs and all these country Kentucky artists, John Michael and Montgomery Gentry. But, yeah, man, I, uh, I've been in I've been a touring band for about 10 years, and we've done shows for so many bourbon companies. and. You know that's helped us along the way but right now evan williams has uh, just backed us and our, we're spon- they're sponsoring us awesome man. they've uh, bought us a new trailer we're gonna wrap evan williams around our trailer with my uh with my face on the side of it i guess <laughs> i'd rather put somebody else's on there but i'll take the promo <laughs> and uh so next week yeah they bought the trailer for us we have it here today and we're uh, we're gonna go on they're gonna sponsor us all next year as well and uh, they have been an awesome but uh, you know not just evan williams four roses bourbon has sponsored me angels envy has sponsored me jim beam you know we've man. got we, we've got a, we, we've got a, a lot of bourbon friends and it's hard when people ask me, hey, what's your favorite bourbon? And I'm like, man, I got so many friends in the bourbon I industry. I can't choose either. I can't choose, man. There's no way. And at the end of the day, most of it kind of tastes similar. <laughs> most All right, of here it. we go. Most here of we go. it. We're getting into it now, J.D. <laughs> so, but I'm grateful for all their support. Yeah, man, I think it's really cool that not only have you um, been able to, you know, reach these heights with your music, but... An industry that is so rooted in Kentucky totally. has latched onto you as well. I mean, that is like the glow up story of being a Kentucky boy. Yeah. Is finding everything that, all of your passions just getting rolled into one and, and everything that makes you you. Yeah, you know, you, right. get to, you get to enjoy. Kentucky's a springboard, man. There's so much stuff here to help artists like me with bourbon and you know, the horse races industry. And there's so much here, man. I mean, even some of your biggest, I mean, Yum Center, Yum Brands is oh, here. Oh, yeah. Papa John's, yeah. Texas Road. I mean, there's a lot of not only bourbon, but other other platforms that out of, based out of this state. I mean, Kentucky Fried Chicken. I mean, they're worldwide. I mean, I mean, this is oh, such yeah. a state that that so many people can latch on and help you springboard, and you know, and and get sponsors and stuff. It's been it's been uh, amazing and uh, to be able to latch and, and use those guys. Yeah. You know, to help us along the way. How often are you going to the Derby? Uh, I go every year, man. Every Dude, single that's year. Awesome. I've done the last. I actually proposed to my wife on the red carpet uh, four or five years ago, so we go every year now. That's awesome. It's a tra- tradition for us, and uh, Good for you we guys. don't always win. But. <laughs> so, uh, so what's next for you uh, coming up here well, soon? Well, as of January one, today is our hundred and fifty, our hundred and fifty sixth show. And so wow. we have burned the roads up, man. So we're, uh, we're going to continue touring. Uh, we're uh, we got a ton of shows coming up, and we're going to Vegas next month. I'm going to Chicago next week. Um, I'll be playing everywhere, man. I got lots of shows. JDShelmer.com is our website. Uh, leading into next year, man, we have a new record coming out, and uh, yeah, that's very exciting for us. And uh, every year we get a little bit farther up the totem pole. Good, man. And if I could play shows like this every weekend, man, I don't think it gets any better. Be a dream come true. Oh, of course. <laughs> Amen, man. JD, thank you so much for yes, sitting sir. down. Yes, sir. Appreciate with your time. Appreciate it. Yeah, you too. So next guest is Imaj. Yes. Hi. How are you? 
Oh, I'm fabulous. Good. Now that I, now that I've heard from you, Perry, <laughs> and you're like, oh, you're so fantastic. How could I not feel great after you, that? Oh, oh my God. So <laughs> you kicked off Hometown Rising. Yes. Um, with a fantastic 30 minute set. Oh, thank you. Um, you you're are. So sweet. As you are dubbed America's country sweetheart, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> which is awesome. Yeah. Um, talk a little bit about your music. Talk about your style and everything, and uh, what's kind of separating you from everybody else in the in the country music world right now. Yeah, my style. I really I pull a lot from classic country because my favorite country singers are those from like the 50s and 60s, <laughs> like Johnny Cash, Charlie Pride, and nice. you know Dolly and all them. You cannot. You can't play country music without having a little bit of Dolly. Yes, you gotta have, listen, Dolly is like the queen oh, of she everything. Is. She's beautiful. She and, absolutely is. And she's yeah. hilarious. You know who she reminds oh, me so of? she's so funny. She's so funny. Yeah, she reminds me of my mom and my, my grandma, because they always have like these witty things to say. Right. And so, but yeah, it, it, it was incredible opening Hometown Rising. So sure. you are uh, no, you're no stranger to show business. Your family no, is not at, at the all. very least. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Talk about your dad a little bit. Too. My dad? Yeah. Well, he's my dad. He's your dad. <laughs> <laughs> so, Don Johnson. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> it's a joke. <laughs> he's talking about that Miami Vice. <laughs> <laughs> so, my dad was Tubbs on Miami Vice. Yeah, he was. Um, super fashionable. Worked it. <laughs> and um, police officer. And but his, But what people don't know, his number one love is music. Really? Yes. That's awesome. He's, he's an awesome actor, but his number one love is music. And I think I think that's part of what I get from him is the thing about music is you, you touch people in a way that is tangible, but you don't really touch them right, physically. Yeah. It's in the heart. Yeah. What was uh, like his kind of musical? Broadway. Influence? Really? Total Broadway. That's so awesome. You know, hair. <laughs> Naked on the stage. It's what they did. I that's mean, it was the 60s. Awesome. That's what they did. That's true. I mean, that, that's that's very true. That's very They're true. They're all about peace and love. Speaking of peace and love, yes, that's a big part of your your thing too. Yeah, is just this this really cool sense of community and really trying to like bring people together. And yes. you know, um, that's something that that we talk a lot about on the podcast as well. Is that right. you know, drinking bourbon's not just about you know. <laughs> doing shots or like you know just getting sloshed on a, on a Friday night yeah. it's about you know sharing something that is really um, important to us and has built a community around it too yeah. but you are doing something so unique with your message you Thank know you. And, and, and it really seems like that was kind of from the get-go was oh, that yeah. your intention originally oh it, absolutely yeah everything I do you know I've been asked quite a few times if I wasn't gonna do country music what would I be doing Regardless of what I'd be doing, it'd be something to help um, shift the paradigm from survival of the fittest, which is what it kind of feels like right now. Everyone's kind of, you know, fighting each other yeah. over silly things. Um, yeah. I, whatever I do in life, I want it to be something that brings people together and, and helps us live peacefully on the planet. Yeah. Because I think one of the number one reasons why we're here as human beings, why we have an intelligence, why we're bipedal, um, walking around and saying hi to each other, is to kind of raise each other's vibes. I agree. I you totally know? agree with that. One I mean, big they, happy family. There, there's nothing to be brought about by tearing each other down yeah. or breaking, breaking relationships apart. So, so I'm, yeah. I'm all about that message. I think that's something that, you know, when you establish that early on, hmm. it really kind of, you know, guides you 
on a specific path, and I feel like you're a good right. indication of that. For yeah, sure. and yeah. that's something I'll never lose sight of because that good. was the found that was the foundation. Awesome. That's why I sing. Period. That's really cool. Yeah. I love hearing that message behind um, somebody's story and, and behind what they do. Thank you. I, I, we have to touch on too what I think is one of the coolest things that I have ever heard of, heard, seen, done. Period. Really? It's your cover of Hallelujah. Oh, really? <laughs> Five different languages. Five different languages in one song. That is incredible. Thank you. Were you speaking them all fluently before you, um, or at least semi-fluently, before you uh, decided to develop so, this version of the song? So another another thing I got from my father is probably the, the gift of um, uh, knowing different dialects and things like that. So... Um, I kind of taught them all to myself phonetically. Interesting. Yeah. That's really so, cool. And, you know, growing up in Miami Beach, you have you hear every kind Absolutely. of accent from everywhere. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, one of, the, of course, one of the things that I, I, the main reason to sing is the whole peace and love thing. And so I thought, well, let's do something that everyone can understand, regardless of the language that you speak. And we, we always say that, like, music is a universal language right right but i feel like there's still that barrier of your your native language yeah you know and so seeing something like this knowing that it exists right i feel like is a really cool and important source of inspiration thank you for people to be able to come together right and see that it's something that can be done yeah, you absolutely. Know? So I 100% applaud you. Uh, Thank you for so doing much. That. You are so welcome. And I have a total romantic relationship with languages. I just, I love the way they feel coming out of my mouth, like saying different, different. If, I know it probably sounds sounds funny. No, 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 but, not at all. But I, I love the way it feels like changing your mouth to sound something yeah. completely foreign to what you, you know. It's really fun. We could really get into the psychology <laughs> totally. of, of language and everything, yeah. and I don't think we have time for it. But um, what is next for you? What do you have in the works right now? So what's next for me is we go on to, my band and I go on to open the State Fair of Texas. Wow. I'm sorry, open. Uh, we're a special guest of Billy Ray Cyrus, so I open Billy Ray Cyrus's show at the State Fair of Texas. Okay, all right. October well. 13th. <laughs> yeah, that's going to be fabulous. That, that, took a, that took a turn, but yeah, I, like the, I like the turn that it took. We started walking, and then we so. sped up. <laughs> started dancing at the end. Imaj, thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you, Barry. Appreciate it. Yeah, for sure. Appreciate it. So, my first job in 15 was in radio. I can hear it. Yeah. I can definitely hear it. In it's voice. funny, though, because, I mean, this is the way I normally talk, but I think also... When I get in front of a microphone, it may go down just a little bit. <laughs> just, I just, it, it, I did it for so many years. Sure, it's natural. I'm sorry. Sure. So go no, ahead. No, 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 not show. at all. Not at all. This okay. is Wes Henderson from Angels Envy. We're uh, getting right into it, talking about uh, radio careers. Just jumping right into it, man. <laughs> yeah, sure. Why not? Yeah, I, why radio not? was one of the funnest things I've ever done. I've done a lot of cool stuff, and actually, there's nothing more fun than bourbon, right? Well, yeah, of course, of course. Yeah. But I mean, I, doing the podcast has always been fantastic. Yeah, and, I have and always, I've really enjoyed it. I've always wanted to. Um, I just don't have the probably the discipline to do it. 
it because you, sure. you got to work at it. You, you know, yeah, you have yeah, to be, so you have to plan it. And as anybody who works around me knows that that, that I am not the planning kind of guy. <laughs> um, I'm very much you know live in the moment type of individual. Sure. But sure. but that, that's what I do. And I'll let guys like you who know what they're doing, you know, with the, with the real talent <laughs> in podcasting, do it. That is such a compliment. Thank you for that. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> so you are the face of Angels Envy right now. Yeah, yeah, I know. It's not a great face, but it's all we got. Um, it's the best <laughs> we can do. Give yourself a little bit it's more credit there, do. Wes. <laughs> no, it, uh, you know, I, um, I mean, that's that's what I do. You know, it's uh, it, it's it's our family brand. And I represent not just my family, not just Angels Envy, but a, a group of amazing teammates and other people who have mm-hmm. helped us get where we are. And I'm just blessed to be able to travel around the world and talk about whiskey and, you know, meet fans. And, 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 and I'm also excited also about being able to talk with people. I mean, I mean, this is my bourbon. I mean, hello, the podcast. I mean, there's a podcast, of, I'm sure, you know, to what we do. That's really special. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> but what, what is it that separates the Angels Envy brand, aside from being family-owned and, and operated and everything, what, what is it that really does make Angels Envy stand above the rest uh, in this field? I, I think there are a lot of things, and definitely the family aspect of it. Um, but you know, when, we, when we first started, you know, when I started this brand, my challenge to my dad, who I got out of retirement, and dad came and worked mm-hmm. with us, a dad, you know, dad's story, a legend in the business, that we wanted to do something that was unique, you know, something that was exciting, something that, that we could all get excited about. And secondary barrel finishes seemed to be what we kept coming back to. Right. So I think the port barrel finish for our bourbon is probably one of the most unique aspects of it. And the, uh, the rum barrel finish of our rye is another really, you know, almost extreme example of finishing. I love the rye. Absolutely adore the rye. Uh, first time I had it, I was like, I have to get a bottle of this. And sure enough, a couple months later, I was like, this is mine now. I got it. It's mine. It's my baby. Uh, the ride is a lot of fun, and, and uh, there's, a, there's a big, long story about that. But So I think when we look at differentiations, you know, I think the secondary barrel finishes, and when we started doing it, there was a little bit of noise about it. Because, sure. you know, sure. always it really bourbon after it's been finished in a barrel, even though it had been done before. But we made that our kind of our, uh, what we hung our hat on. Mm-hmm. And now it's become very mainstream. You know, secondary barrel finishing, there's no, there's, there's no noise about it now. Everybody's doing Everybody it. Everybody does it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But we do it better. I, yeah, there you go. I, I almost asked a question that I was going to, and it was not going to be phrased the right Ask way. Ask me anything. Go ahead, man. <laughs> For real. Wait, wait, go ahead. Take a stab at it. I think it. The, the idea behind it was kind of what was it about the, the product that made you feel led to finishing it? Ex- expound on that a little bit because that's an interesting rabbit hole to go down. Can you, yeah. can you elaborate just a little bit? So it, I, I imagine that at some point when trying it, right. um, whether it had been aged or right off the still right. or, or whatever, you, you, you tasted it and said we could do even more with it. it not saying that there's... Understand, not saying that what we started with wasn't wasn't okay. Exactly. No, it, 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 and, and that's a really good question, but we set out to do a finished whiskey. You know, I mean, a, a finished bourbon. It, sure. It wasn't a thought. It wasn't like a, the second thought in the game after sure. we had the bourbon aged, and, and um, that was what we intended to do from the very beginning. And it was a key differentiator. And, you know, there's so many different things going on in this industry, and I wanted to get Dad really excited about coming out of retirement yeah secondary barrel finishes is something that he was always very excited about and why the port wine then 
fortified wines just work you know i mean they uh they the, the flavor profile works great with bourbon there's some finishes that, that don't work as good some of your drier you know, like drier wines and uh you know, something that's been tried but i just don't think sure. it has the same you know, sort of fortified wines sherry which we did a sherry finish in march yes uh port madeira sauterne those are some really good examples and there's different varieties of all those mm-hmm. different types of sherry oh, different types of port uh, and there's other spirits we've been experimenting with as well so let's talk to uh you brought this up just a just a minute ago about toast the trees which I find to be extremely fascinating. I'm going to let you talk about it, though. And that, I appreciate that. Yeah. Uh, you know, it, it takes 70 years for a tree to grow to the point to where we can make a barrel from it. And, uh, you know, we, we felt uh, it's kind of it, it, the, the program's taken on a bigger meaning than what it really did from the very beginning. But long story short, you know, we it takes, you know, 70 years to, to uh, you may only get two or three barrels out of that tree, by the way. Sure. So for the month of September during National Bourbon Month, if you post anything with Angel's Envy in it, like a cocktail, a bottle, or whatever, and you hashtag that toast the trees, toast the trees, we will plant an oak tree. And this year, we're, we're uh, committed to plant 30,000 oak trees, so we need your help in uh, hashtagging those pictures. And I'm telling you, it's really cool. We've already done about 45,000 over the last three years. And it, so it, it's great. And you know, we're, we're planting these trees in areas that have been deforested, you mm-hmm. know, from uh, strip mining and other things. And it's a real tangible uh, difference. So Absolutely. When the program first started out, I thought, okay, this is kind of cool. But then I sure. really saw the impact of what we're doing when we're planting these trees, and it's taken on a whole new meaning. Why was this? And, and I mean, you know, there, there is that kind of thing in the back of your mind that's going oh there's a little bit of a ecological footprint right but was it that that kind of led you to wanting to do toast the trees or was there something else that kind of led you um really my staff came up with the idea okay and 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 when i first came out with it i'm like okay this is kind of cute this is a way to 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 kind of reach out to and I think it's I think as younger people a lot more conscious of those things than people my age. You know, we were sure. the cons- conspicuous consumption era. I'm 53. You know, we lived like you know there was no tomorrow. We didn't worry about saving the earth. We sure. just didn't think about that kind of stuff. So when the staff came to me and said they want to do this, I'm like, okay, that's fun, that's cool. But as the as the ecological benefits, I started to learn about the good that we're doing. Then it took on a whole different meaning to me. And now it's a it's a for, it's a cornerstone of what we do. I think that's just fantastic. And the more that you can, you know, kind of expand that brand and not just be about bourbon. And not that there's anything wrong with just no. being about bourbon, but there's something to be said about wanting to, to really reach out and, and find new ways to impact the world around you. Have you have to. I mean, yeah, you have absolutely. to. And, and, and look, I mean, we're blessed. We've been given so much in, in, you know, mm-hmm. in, in terms of the people who support the brand and, you know, all the great things they do for us. And, and you know, for, for those that are given, you know, we're committed to give back. And that just that's in our DNA. I mean, our, our family, we are, we're, we're all in public service, you know, be it as a first responder or law enforcement or fire. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there's definitely that that sense of responsibility to give back. Well, cheers to that. Cheers. Thank you. <laughs> Wes, thank you so much for, for sitting down with me. Um, where can people come visit Angel Cindy? We've got a beautiful distillery on Main Street in downtown Louisville. It, uh, it's right across from Slugger Field. Uh, do make a reservation, though, online because we do yes. sell out pretty quickly. Um, so come and see us. Um, if you'd like to, to, to interact with me, which I love to do, my uh, uh, Twitter and Instagram are KY Bourbon Maker, KY Bourbon Maker. So please feel free to go there. And uh, I love talking with uh, friends and fans of the brand. Having been to the distillery, I can confirm that it is a really good time. Thank you. You're very it's a welcome. special place. It is. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. Wes, Thanks thank for you. having me, man. You're very welcome. Thank you. See you. Bye-bye. Appreciate it. So next up, we're, we're getting away from the bourbon for just a second. We're getting back to the music. 
Alice Wallace sitting down with me right now. How are you, Alice? I'm doing fantastic. Good. Very happy to be here. I'm so happy that you're here. How was your set earlier? It was so good. Good. Yeah, we had a little bit of an early set, but there was still a crowd out there. That's good to hear. The day, it's just beautiful here in Louisville today. So Now, where, where are you from? I'm from California. Okay, so have you ever been to Kentucky before now? One time I played in Louisville, like, uh, I don't know, two years ago, I think, but it was just a little house concert. Okay. So really, this is my first time really getting first to experience really. it. Louisville gig. Well, that's really cool, though. I'm, I'm happy to hear that you had a pretty good crowd then for, for that early in the day. Absolutely. Um, talk a little bit about your, your musical style. Too. Yeah, you know, my stuff, um, you know, it definitely falls in the country realm, but it leans a little more towards Americana which, you know, it's it's a little more influenced by sort of classic country and, mm -hmm. you know, blues and folk. And it kind of kind of crosses genres a little bit. Like I, I grew up listening to a lot of Linda Ronstadt and Emmylou oh, Harris great. and Dolly Parton. And really, that's what informs my music a lot more than anything else. So it's still country, but, you know, you know, not quite as much the country that you'd hear on the radio these days. <laughs> I tell you, one of my favorite albums of all time is the Trio album. Oh my and gosh! Yeah, I, I was was in a band um, for a little bit. We we played that at a show. It was like a Trio tribute night, and oh it was my gosh. easily one of my favorite like musical experiences of all time. I would love to and do just, that sometime. Just just diving into that music gave yeah. me such an appreciation. I mean, not not just for that group, but each of those individual women and yeah. the the impact that they've had on the on the country music industry. Yeah, it still it still feels like it's showing through now. I mean, Dolly Parton's one of the biggest superstars in the entire world. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I know. Well, I mean, you know, that's the thing about really good music by you know with by really good performers. I mean, three of the best voices you could probably ever hear. Yeah. And so it it holds up over the years. You know, when it when it's that kind of quality, it doesn't really ever go out of style. It's got to have a timeless quality to it. Yeah, for sure. And um, I, I like that. It, is that kind of something that you maybe not. Um, intentionally aim for, but is that something that you kind of hope your your music in invokes, or that your listeners kind of feel that come across? I definitely hope so. You know, I you know really when I sit down to write a song, I just try to write the best song that I can. You know, I Give really. And actually, sometimes that means I don't write a song for six months because I'm like, nope. Is this good enough that Emmy Lou or Linda would have sang it? No. Okay. <laughs> you know, and I don't well, even that's know. That's a high standard. I, I know, and I don't towards. know if I even ever reach it. But at least I aim for that, and I really do hope that it's the kind of music. It does kind of cross genres. It leans, you know, towards country, but it, it, it's it's just music. Yeah. And uh, and I and I love doing it. I've I've loved doing it since I was five years old and was singing for every party my parents would throw and they couldn't ever get me to shut up and <laughs> finally <laughs> it was just like you should be on a stage somewhere have you and, go ahead sorry no no that's, that's about it <laughs> you didn't want to embarrass yourself i don't have to keep further? talking about me <laughs> singing and <laughs> well i'll continue to ask you about yourself then um what, what's uh, touring around the, the states been like for you has it been a pretty warm response so far yeah, you know, I put out a new album in January. Congratulations. Uh, on a label out at Los Angeles called Rebel Road Records, which okay. is run by three women, three great women who are, like, really trying to promote women in country and Americana mm -hmm. music in Los Angeles. And I was the first artist they put out on their label. And I've been touring ever since, you know, just I do a lot through the Southwest and Texas. Since I live in over in California, so I kind of do a lot through, you know, 
a lot more west of the Mississippi than east, but I'm but I'm really thrilled to get out over here too. And I'm yeah. actually planning a move to Nashville later uh, this year because I just feel like I need to be in Nashville. That's where you everybody know? goes. Man. I love California. I feel like it'll it'll always be home, but I feel like I need to just immerse myself in the Nashville scene for a while too. So what what is the the California? lifestyle kind of offer to you in terms of songwriting because i feel like there's a there's a very different vibe Mm -hmm. out in california that translates to some really interesting songwriting practices and and just kind of outcomes as well yeah well you know there is something about being out there by the ocean it's a definitely a more relaxed kind of lifestyle you know, the weather's almost always perfect. You know, like it definitely, you know, there's parts of me that's like, I, I need to live a place where there's like winter and struggle for a while <laughs> to like, to get some pain in my songs. But um, but at the same time, I love California. And my new album ended up being a very California-based so- uh, album. You know, I've got song like my title track is called The Blue. And it's about, I was just kind of like imagining, like chasing this musical dream of mine, like just kind of sailing off into the horizon after this thing that's just like waiting for you out there yeah. like which there is kind of it, it, it is a, kind of a land of possibility of sorts being for out sure. there in LA and next to the water and around so much uh, of the entertainment industry and all these things so many people move to LA to make it in some sort of fashion yeah acting or singing or, or whatever it might be and so it, it is a very inspiring place in, in a lot of ways I, I'm in, I'm excited to hear then having heard that Um, in the way you describe your your music having lived out in California, the way that Nashville is going to kind of, I imagine it will, to some capacity, transform the way that you are processing writing songs and and the thought process that really goes into it. So hearing those two things really come together, I think is going to be super, super cool um, when the time comes. Yeah, no, absolutely. And actually, I mean, I started touring full-time about seven years ago. So I've been on, on the road for a while, and really my songwriting, just from touring so much, has changed immensely from where it sure. was seven years ago because I'm constantly in new places and hearing stories that I just had never, you know, thought of. You know, like right. I, I've got a story that I, uh, on one of my on my new album about, and I, I'd heard this story in El Paso, Texas one night. I just uh, This really heart-wrenching story, and I'm like, this needs to be a song. And, you know, like, it's it's amazing what getting out of your your bubble will do to just inspire you and help you see the world in different ways and it's been a really rewarding experience to get to spend so much time on the road that For way sure. so before you came over i just had this moment um where i was like there are a lot of really killer women acts at hometown rising i mean mm-hmm. we're you, you can kind of hear it in the background uh, of the recording but we're listening to Lindsay l um, who is up on stage right now, too, who's just apparently a killer guitar player. Um, Claire Dunn's running around here, too, somewhere. She's fantastic as well. How do you see yourself fitting not just into, um, you know, the country music scene, but, you know, maybe a little bit more specifically female country artists as well? Um, how has that kind of affected the way that you've um, approached being a, a country artist? Yeah, yeah. I, I will say that traditionally women have had a harder time in country music than men have, you know, 
when it comes to radio airplay, we get a tiny percentage compared to men, and it is a little bit of a of a fight sometimes, I think. And and I was really happy to see that there are quite a few women on the bill here, because there's certain festivals where that is not the case. <laughs> and uh, so, you know, and I feel like people are finally kind of seeing that, and the tide is turning a little bit, and yeah. realizing that you know that women can draw just as much to festivals and they can write just as good of a song as a man can and they deserve just as much airplay and it's just a matter of making the industry realize that by showing them that we can do it and then giving us a chance so um you know as a woman i feel like i feel like we try to stick together <laughs> as much as we can and you know i do you know, operate a little more in the Americana sphere than I do sure. in the country one. Sure. And I will say that Americana is a lot more inviting I, to women I get on board with than that. country. You know, like I was just, actually before I came here, I was in Nashville for the Americana Music Festival. And at the awards, you know, I think I think it was every um, artist in the in the best emerging artist category was a woman, you know, and which was amazing to That's see. That's so cool. You know, they got Yola and I... Uh, Jeez, who was in that category? I don't think Amanda. I think Amanda Shires was last year. Jeez, I was just there, and now I've already, my brain is already fried. I've had too much whiskey today. No, I haven't. I haven't really. It's I, early. I would venture to say we haven't had enough. I but. know. I know. I'm trying to pace myself. It's going to be a long day there out you here. Go. Yeah, Tim McGraw hasn't even played yet. I know. But yeah, I think you know, as as women, we we do have to fight a little more for our chance. But I think you know, we're starting to get heard a little bit more. And uh, and I do think it's important as women to tell our stories through songs. And and I, and I do that in a lot of my songs. It's like songs are a great way to, to help people see things in a new For way. Sure. You know, For sure. I feel like historically songs have, have changed the course of, you know, public opinion sometimes. You know, they, they move with different, uh, you know, political changes, social changes. Songs are a big driving force. Sure. And I think that's an important thing to recognize. I totally agree. I totally agree. Alice. Congratulations. Best of luck to you. Well, thank you so much for yeah. having me today. You're very welcome. <laughs> Cheers. This isn't film, right? No. Just No, it's cool. just, it's just audio. Don't I worry get to about be cash. it. Yeah, exactly. You got to worry about it. <laughs> Look, we normally just sit around and drink bourbon and talk. I love it. So that's as casual as it gets. Where's our bourbon? Right? I don't... <laughs> Give me a hard time. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I've got some angels envy in here somewhere. <laughs> you good? You it good? Was, it was gifted to me. But yeah, Claire Dunn. Hello. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So, when I when I was going through um, the the list of folks who were playing at Hometown Rising, yeah. Um, you know, I'm looking everybody up, and I was like, Claire Dunn. I don't I don't know that name. Oh man. And I put I put you into YouTube. Yeah found out that you were just an incredible guitar player. Aww. I was like, holy crap, this is so it. good. <laughs> I mean, you're a fantastic songwriter as well, too. Thank but you. Uh, tell, tell everybody a little bit about yourself, about your background uh, in music, too, and what are some of your you know influences? Yeah, well. uh, so I grew up on a small farm and ranch in southeast Colorado near Oklahoma. And uh, most of my influences came from the process of driving tractor growing up. There like, you go. Yeah, I mean, like... <laughs> I have a lot of country and a lot of classic rock, and so, you know, uh, growing up, those were just mainly the two stations, the two kinds of stations we had sure. to choose from. And so I would either, you know, I'd be driving tractor, and I'd, it really just depended on what field you were as to which, which song, which station you could tune in. Right. You'd drive down the row, and you'd get one station going one way and lose it and turn around and come back, and you'd get the other station <laughs> for a little bit. So it was crazy. Makes but, no sense, but... Yeah, yeah. Uh, some of my biggest influences, you know, are... 
um, everyone from like Dwight Yoakam and George Strait and Waylon Jennings to Rolling Stones, Tina Turner, Beyonce, uh, you know, Whitney Houston. And uh, yeah, I got my start really with college. I didn't start playing guitar till I moved uh, for college. Yeah. So I haven't been playing that long, but I sure, I sure try. You definitely <laughs> have that big open dynamic range to oh, your thanks. voice though. you're very welcome but you know j just listening to you i mean it it, it kind of has that real soulful punch to it which i think pairs so nicely um with your style of music that real kind of like nitty-gritty you know kind of <laughs> like down-to-earth little you know kind of thing that you have Thank going you. on but um you uh you you just came out with a new song yeah right uh yep it's yeah. called my love and um and actually i love that I'm getting to do this because it's like in the chorus, it's like, my love is a fire. You can't water down. It burns like a bourbon when you come around. Ooh, heck Although yes. I know bourbon technically doesn't burn, but you know, to a to a musician, Man. it does. It has that same feeling of of burning in a good way. It like it can still burn. Well, <laughs> and I see. I think love burns a little bit, but you don't think of love burning in a bad way. True. You know, bourbon burns in a good way to that me. That does. You know. Yeah, so. it does. Yeah, it just came out, and then we're doing a really special remix, uh, actually speaking of Beyonce, with one of her protégés. Really? Uh, yeah. That's awesome. We went to Houston. Uh, she was a feature. She did a feature on the My Love. We did a remix. We went to Houston, shot a video. So we're really excited about that. It'll be coming out in the next couple of weeks. Talk to you about your um, your Live Your Passion campaign, too. Yeah. Because that's something that I, th I think is really interesting and cool. Yeah, I think that... Um, you know, for me, it's important. I do get to live my passion every single day. Amen. And I try to encourage all my fans that, you know, even if you don't get to live your passion right now and you want to start taking baby steps, just take a baby step every day. Absolutely. Towards it. And I think that we're all happier human beings when we're getting to, to do that. Obviously not. We, we don't all get to. But, um, you know, I just always want to encourage everybody to be, you know, take a small step every day towards that. And, you know, like, people are making bourbon and drinking bourbon i think that it's a very passionate thing you know and there's nothing to be ashamed of about whatever you're passionate yeah. about don't be afraid to be passionate to to that point you know th this show started out real small that's I mean, awesome real, real real tiny and <laughs> you know we're we're now almost two years in four yeah. weeks away from our hundredth episode Congrats. and thank you, no, thank you very much Huge. but like it, it's just I, I can really truly attest to that that you know it is hard work, yeah. but the hard work really does pay off, yeah. and it's 100% worth it. So I, I like to hear that same kind of message continually preached and, and continually talked about with, with other people because I think it is important to, to chase your, your passions and, and not be afraid. Yeah, it, it is scary at first, but, I mean, you should have a little bit of fear absolutely in loving what you do well someone told me uh if your dreams don't scare you you're not dreaming big enough amen i feel that <laughs> i feel that on a real deep emotional level <laughs> me i mean too. like that that is i think at its core what chasing your your passions yeah. and chasing your dream dreams absolutely is it's a scary thing it's yeah. not easy and it's a hustle and a daily grind and you just aren't going to get there you may get there quickly you may not you know, I think Absolutely. there's some percentage that, you know, the people who have overnight success, you know, it's probably less than 1%. Absolutely. And yeah, for sure. the people who've been duking it out for 10 years in the dark, you know, their yeah. overnight success was 10 years in the making, you know? So it's just, you just got to keep rolling. And life, you know, another thing I just, I think it's important to be going towards your passion until you die, whatever that is. Yeah. Keep you going. Yeah. I, 
you gotta have something to wake up for in the morning, <laughs> that's, right? That's right. I mean, whether it's bourbon or music, yeah, or, or absolutely, whatever. yeah. So clearly, you have some kind of experience with drinking bourbon. <laughs> <laughs> no, <laughs> not at all. All right, what's the what's the bourbon that uh, that burns then for you? Oh man, in the best way. Um, I just got introduced um, over with Fred uh, to Brooks. Was that right, Matt? Was it Brooks? My tour manager's fired. He wasn't taking notes. <laughs> and it was a new bourbon, I'll admit. It was a new bourbon to me. Um, but I got some education, and yeah. he, like, did a whole palate thing, whatever. And anyway, so, yeah. It's intense, right? Yeah, it was I awesome. I mean, th- that's, our, that's our our whole spiel is, like, you know, how do you experience it and, yeah. and everything. And I think I that's loved a, it. Yeah. It's so good. Like, I hadn't had that one, and that's a really great one. I have to try that though. Yeah. We, we do What's a, your favorite? Oh my gosh! Here we go. Let's let's hear it. <laughs> Educate me. So so I always say that there are for me it's like there's a couple different um, categories that I put them into. So okay. like my daily drinker, like the one where I just kind of like I'm not really thinking about it a whole lot. You know, it's just kind of like my my everyday sipper. Yeah. Uh, it's just Turkey 101. Oh. Hey. Cheap, high proof, usually about eight years old. Nice. And it, and it tastes good. I mean, if it if it didn't taste good, but it had all those things, it wouldn't be worth it, right? But it has a, like a really well-rounded flavor profile to it. I love um, that. But like, there's so many different bourbons all across the spectrum. Yeah. I mean, like, you know, from all the way down at 80 proof to up to 145. Yeah. I mean, like it. That's the burn right there. Yes. That's the burn is once you get up that high. But I, it's it's baby steps too. Yeah. But I. I'm an equal opportunity bourbon drinker. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you, I got a real education in bourbon uh, about two years ago, I think it was, or maybe last year, I don't remember, um, where we played a, a bourbon master distiller fest. It was like a private show for okay. all the master distillers in Kentucky from all the bourbons. Like, we're talking wow. turkey, four roses. Oh, God. Why am I blanking? Uh, I, was Knob Creek there? I don't remember. But... I mean, it was amazing, yeah. and like they each gave me—it was me and I don't remember who else—but they gave us each a bottle of like their best bourbon. So I took home like literally 18 bourbons. That is amazing. And like I got a lot of education there too. <laughs> Sorry. No, it's okay. Now my my tour manager is trying to get not fired. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> He's like, whatever, girl, you ain't gonna fire me. You lie. You lie. But that's that's what I love about bourbon, though. It's just that, you know, it it I I even feel, and I think I always will feel like I'm constantly learning new things. Really, about it, you know? I mean, how long like, have you been a bourbon drinker? Four or five. How years? many years deep are you? Well, okay. Here's the thing. So uh, honestly, I did not start drinking until I was about 20. Nice. Yeah, like that's I, a I good put, responsible age. You're like an old soul yeah. for a 20 year old to be drinking bourbon. I wasn't thinking about bourbon when I was 20. <laughs> I mean, I was I, thinking about anything else. See, that's that's the thing is, I was I, I was always like, if I'm gonna drink, it's gonna be to enjoy it. It's not gonna be yeah. like to you know go crazy, yeah, or yeah, yeah. hammered or whatever. Yep. And so like that that's kind of why I gravitated towards bourbon is that it's like it's got that sense of it's meant to be enjoyed. Yep. Like you're supposed to really kind of take your time with it yeah. and everything. So, Go slow. Yeah, exactly. So I can appreciate that. Ha- having those two kind of s- seemingly mutual view- point of, points of view, it just kind of worked out well yep. together. And then 
once I really started drinking bourbon, I was like, I like this stuff a lot. And so, <laughs> you know, I really fell down the rabbit hole probably about three years ago. Wow. And then uh, the podcast kind of started as a result. Wait, who's who's doing the interview in here? Did you? <laughs> who's doing the interview in here? I feel like you started, you oh. flipped it on me and started doing the interviewing. <laughs> Sorry. Like I, I, started, I seriously like to know. I, get, oh, no, I enjoy it. Yeah, I'm, I'm, happy to, I'm happy to share. No, no, no. It's all about sharing the bourbon love. It totally is about sharing the Wait, bourbon love. Wait, who's doing the interview in here? I'm like, I don't know. A lot of people are doing interviews in here. But I think you are. Yeah, something like that. Well, how about this? Let's have a drink together later. Let's do it. Yeah, Kay. for sure. Make it happen. Deal. Claire, thank you so much for Thank you for having me. me. I appreciate, appreciate it. It was an honor. Fun. Thank you. I've been looking forward to this all day. Raylynn Nelson, the granddaughter of freaking Willie Nelson. <laughs> Raylynn, welcome to the show. Thank you. You're so welcome. He's kind of the coolest person that ever walked He's pretty on legit. the planet. He's pretty I mean, next legit. to Jesus, he's probably the coolest one. Okay. Fair enough. <laughs> uh, JB's also with us. He's all right. Yes. JB? You're I'm the, the third coolest person that's ever walked. <laughs> that's probably I don't know. true. I might, uh, I might have something on Jesus. It's no? the hair. Yeah. It's definitely the I'm hair. I'm often mistaken for Jesus. Because <laughs> we all know he had long blonde, blonde hair and blue eyes. You see those curly hair. Malibu Jesus. Those, those people that, uh, you know, they've got the end is nigh signs. Yes. They just fall over when they see you. It's like, exactly. that's true. He's here. He's, he's I'm back, boys. I'm back. <laughs> anyway, welcome to the podcast. I'm so happy to have you guys. Thanks for having us. This is a, a real treat. This has uh, been something that I've been looking forward to really all day, too. Um, Obviously, it, it's hard not to talk about your grandfather, but I don't want to no. talk too much it's about okay. him. It's okay. We can because, talk about him. Well, but you are a separate entity from your grandfather. Yeah. I mean, you, but you, I wouldn't be you, here if it weren't for him. Exactly. So. But you, but you've done your own thing. You've made your own music. You know, you're making your own way. Yeah. And it's not. I don't feel like you are riding the coattails. I feel like you're doing everything right to establish yourself. And I, I totally applaud that. But like. What is some of the, aside from, you know, maybe the obvious of, of Grandpa Willie, what do you call him? Papa Willie. Papa Willie. Mm-hmm. Okay, great. Okay, aside from Papa Willie, um, what are some of the influences that go into your songwriting and, and the creation of your I really music? like Loretta Lynn, you know? Yeah. Um, of course, my grandpa and my great aunt Bobby, who plays with him, they're my main influences. I've seen them doing it my whole life and wanted to do that. But other than that, I love Loretta Lynn and Joan Jett is a big influence now. And, um, of course, all the Dolly, you know. Everybody's been saying Dolly today, and I love it. She's she's a badass. You can't not say Dolly if you're playing country music. Her voice is so pure. And, um, I mean, she's a very talented songwriter. And she's not afraid to be herself. She doesn't care what anyone thinks. And there is something so... Awesome about There's that. something very pure about her, mm-hmm. just in in general as a person. I mean, yeah. there, there, she is 100% authentic. I, f- I feel like in, mm-hmm. in everything that she does, so it's hard not to put her up. Which is kind of yeah. crazy to be so made up and so you know wig, makeup, everything, but it's very authentic to yeah, Dolly. Genuine and yeah. real. It's herself. I think that's what she said. Like the whores in her town were her heroes. Well, she up. mocked she mocked her look after the whore. The in local her town. town. Yeah. yeah. It was like after someone's like, she looks like a hooker. And she's like, well, yeah, no, because I modeled my look after the hooker in town. <laughs> of course I do. <laughs> and she owns that. She yeah. does. She, she makes that her own. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. So talk a little bit, too, about what, what it was about Hometown Rising that made you want to come here and, and you know. I feel so honored to be here with all yeah? these big names. Yeah. There's um, Tim McGraw and Luke Bryan and um, Little Big Town, you know, yeah. like. 
I've I've listened to these guys since I was a little girl, so it feel, I feel super honored to be put in this festival with them, you know. Um, and it looks good on social media for us, you know. We <laughs> yeah, <it does. laughs> we're an independent band, you know, and yeah. it's hard to, for independent bands to get put on these types of things. And lucky for us, our friend Dell Williams. He hooked us up, and um, I'm just lucky somebody threw me a bone, you know. Just happened to hear the music and liked it and wanted other people to hear it, too, yeah, you know. Because sure. it's, not, it's not traditional country. It's not new country at all. Yeah. JB's background is rock, and mine, of course, is traditional country. So then when we got together, he, him and I started writing these songs. So it's a hybrid of both, you know. Yeah. So it's like Loretta Lynn and Cheap Trick or the Ramones or something. Is that kind of where your guitar playing? Lies oh, too, is totally. The, yeah. I grew up on punk rock, so, you know. There you go. It's When we started this, I remember thinking, you know, in Nashville, there's just players and shredders, lead guitar, all these country yeah. licks going on. But uh, kind of my approach is like, well, everybody's just blasting leads and doing all this stuff. It's like, we, let's keep it to two and a half, three minute songs, just like the Ramones. And, mm -hmm. you know, f very few people are for most bands are there to hear some guy rip an amazing lead or anything. It's true. So, we, you know, we both like melody. I like hard edge, you know, loud guitars. And as strange as it sounds, I think our, both, our, our fascination with melody and hooks is where that's our yeah. common ground when we're writing. Well, there, there aren't a whole lot of bands that have heavy guitar and then ukulele. Yes. <laughs> That's true. Okay, so when I met JB, he had just done with his buddy Tom Littlefield, they had done an, a tribute album for The Replacements, mm -hmm. and it was done awesome. all on ukuleles. You gotta check that it out. wild. It's called Bright Littlefield. But he had all these ukuleles sitting around the studio, and I picked one up, and I got him to show me some chords, and if you play guitar a little, you can learn to play ukulele in like five oh, minutes, yeah. apparently. Absolutely. <laughs> so, um, he taught me that, and then uh, I was like, hey, I want to front the band with this ukulele, what do you think? And he's like, well, we're going to have to find a big amp to plug it into yeah, to just, make it loud. As long as we can plug it in, we'll be good, which is exactly what we did. But I can move and not think oh, so sure, much yeah. about playing, you know. Yeah. It's it's really easy to play. Oh, I, I want to talk, too, about you, you mentioned that you're an independent band. And that Up until recently, <laughs> we've done everything ourselves. Yeah. JB, yeah. luckily I have him, you know. We, it has some, it's nice to have somebody to... <laughs> take sure. some of the slack and we did, we've done everything ourselves up until this album we've got a publicist to help us promote this next one well one of the things that I think kind of rings true about that is you know I, I look you guys up uh, you know before sending out emails and everything with interest and um, I can't remember the song but <laughs> at the beginning of the video you guys are asking everybody to hold their phones up and record it from different angles and <laughs> yep. send it in so that you can Put it all together. That just screams independent artist, <laughs> but still with that passion that in wanting to make it, you know, in in a really kind of non-traditional sense. Mm -hmm. I, I just something about that just rung so true, and I was like, that's awesome. Yeah. How many people have the audacity to be like? Yeah, we just don't want to have to do all the work. <laughs> yeah, and for I it. think that's the biggest takeaway from the punk rock thing is yeah. that we, it's like, you know, we're going to have to do this on our own. Yeah. For, and it start, you know, the, the making of the music on your own is a blast, the making of the videos. Now, when it comes to going and booking shows and being your own publicist uh -huh. and all that management, uh -huh. all that, it kind of gets to be a drag. Daunting but tests. you still have complete control over whatever yeah. you do. Absolutely. So, whatever you put out, uh, if you're embarrassed of it, that's on you. But if you're working, you know, I've had plenty of friends that have done the label deal 
and it comes out, and you can almost hear it in their voice, almost making excuses for, well, you know, we had this other producer come in, and, da, 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 and you kind of nod your head knowingly going, I understand you, you insert yourself into the machine, and that's just part of it, you know? So we've been trying to fiercely hold on to at least the creative aspect, yeah. just because, you know, you don't want to be embarrassed of your art. Yeah, we've had meetings with Music Row people, and they t tend to want us to soften the edges or go a more solo artist route, which I don't want to do. I want to be a band, and, yeah. um, and we want to sound like we sound. I want them to be them and me to be me and us to do what we do, and that, you know, I don't want to venture from that. And, of course, Music Row has a machine that they like to put everyone through. Yes, they do. I think at some point we just looked at each other and like, you know what? If you listen to country radio, we don't really sound, sound like, like any of us. No. So what are we even doing Why trying, trying to knock on these people's doors? And they weren't hunting us down either. And so, I mean, you know. if, if it's working for you, if you're happy with the product, why not continue doing something exactly. yeah. that is A, true to your own craft, and B, you can go to bed happy with. Mm -hmm. You can and wake up happy with. Um, I was talking with Claire Dunn earlier about chasing your passions. Yeah. You know, and how that's something that, you know, should be a, a daily, a daily point of, of, of interest for mm -hmm. her goal. Um, and what do you yeah. call a passion? You know, it's like what you wake up and you can't stop thinking about. Exactly. Right? Exactly. Y even though you're having to do all this stuff day-to-day -day life so that we can live, mm -hmm. that thing that's in the back that's constantly there, what is that? And that is your passion, yes. you know? Absolutely. Plus, and I think what history has shown that if you do your own thing completely independent and make a splash, then the people will come and they'll pay you to do your thing, i.e. Sturgill Simpson. You for know? sure. Sturgill oh, did his sure. own thing. Kind of Papa Willie. gave the industry the fingers like I'm gonna do yeah your grandpa for yeah. sure way back, and now Sturgill's got like an industrial record out with uh, anime for yeah. every song and he literally and he's I've heard him on podcast talking he's like eventually I won't make enough money for the label to get gain their investment back then they'll dump me but the only reason I'm on a label is because they give me money I deliver them a record and that's our deal yeah period. Mm -hmm. You want a record, they buy it, and I give it to them. So, I mean, <laughs> if you can make enough splash, eventually somebody will pay you to do if you're lucky. Yeah. And if not, at least you're never going to be embarrassed of the stuff that's out there in the zeitgeist. And I'm having a really good time playing and singing our stuff, and it seems to be going pretty well. People seem to yeah. like it, you know? Yeah. And then, or you just hate it, <laughs> and you go away. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Which is cool, too. <laughs> what, do you, what do you guys find more joy in, going into the People studio or it. playing the... Oh, oh no. no. <laughs> <laughs> No, 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 no. I mean, do you find more joy in uh, uh, going into the studio and recording or doing the live shows? So to save money, we go to a studio to do drums, and then we go to JB's studio at, in his backyard. We live in Nashville, so yeah. everybody's got a studio, right? So he's got a small studio in his backyard, and we do mostly everything there. Yeah. So, like, hanging out with him and doing it there is a lot of fun, sure, you know? Yeah. It doesn't feel like going into a studio because I've definitely I've done that before and you're not necessarily on the clock and feeling no. all the pressure of like shit this is costing me a hundred bucks right. this while we're trying to figure out if it's a G this or C this is my 45th <laughs> take on trying to yeah. hit this note and it's not coming out right you know it, he lets me do it 150 <laughs> times if I want to you know <laughs> and probably the honest answer is if we're in the studio recording a bunch then we really like going out and playing. And if we've been out sure. playing a bunch and haven't recorded in a while, we really want to get back to recording. So it's, you know, it's because great. Because you want to play new songs yeah, too, you know? Exactly. And well, and I'm sure that 
you know, there, there is a nice balance between the two, and it does kind of wind up feeding off of each other mm -hmm. in some capacity, for sure. I think I'm itching sure. to get back in and record yeah. some stuff, which is why we that was my answer. We haven't recorded in a while, so... But, yeah. but I do... Um, I think the best thing we bring to the table is our live show, you know? We... JB and I have come up with like a stand-up comedy duo <laughs> bit <laughs> on accident, <laughs> and um, you know, so if this fails, then we could go into stand-up comedy. Well, what would give give a little bit of a, of a taste of the stand-up? Okay, so like I I love beer. Do you love beer? I love beer. Yeah. Have you ever taken a swim in it? Because I did. No. Yeah, no. but it's gross. I don't recommend it. I decided it was just once in a blue moon. Wah 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 wah. Wow. Yeah. There's a little Thank taste. Thank you. Thank you. There we go. Okay. Well, she that was good. She has, yeah, that she, was good. She has written two jokes, so we're saying <laughs> yeah, that there's two. by like 2045, we should have the first full, 15 minutes full, down. Yeah, yeah. Five, I'm working on five. it. We can I, middle by then, yeah. But I want to I want to like test those out with people to see if I'm going down the right path of if that's the yeah. way I want to go with <laughs> Maybe it. Maybe you missed your calling. I do have my hair dye one, remember? I haven't pulled that no, one out little, very yeah, much. Yeah, well, you're still working on that, I think. Just Maybe I'll give that one to you the next time we get to chat because okay, I haven't fine-tuned it yet. There we go. One more question and we'll let you get out of here. Have you ever gotten to play Trigger? Yeah. Have you really? I really have. I was, oh, it's so cool. I was 14 <laughs> years old, and I was... Um, I had just learned to play guitar. He sent me a guitar, and he, uh, we were there on the bus, and he handed it to me, and he's like, play me something. You've been playing... And when Papa Willie hands you his guitar to play it, and you're like, you have to play something. So the one that I had um, uh, practiced really hard and learned, because I just loved to sing the song, was Keith Whitley, or it's actually Alison Krause's version of Keith Whitley's song, um, You Say It Best When You Say Nothing yes. At All. Yes. And my mom had always really loved that song, and her and my stepdad would dance to it in the kitchen when I would play it oh. on guitar. So. Because of that, I had played it enough to where I felt comfortable doing that one yeah. in front of my grandpa at 14 years old. Mm -hmm. So I did it, and um, he listened to the whole thing and smiled, and then he taught me some stuff. You know, he sat down and showed me some stuff on the guitar. So, yeah, that's a big moment for me, for sure. But that was the only time I've ever touched the thing, you know? When, when the movie of your life is made. That moment has to be in it. That moment is pivotal. And I was wearing this super, uh, I was wearing a leopard print skirt and a black shirt. I'll never forget it. <laughs> I'll never forget it. <laughs> There's, I mean, my mom had probably like 20 pictures, and this was before cell phone. Yeah. So it was, um, you know, we have like. Uh, Instamatic cameras. Yeah. Or digital. Yeah. What, what do we call those? Just cameras. Cameras? But, yeah. I don't know. Disposable <laughs> camera <laughs> looking things. Cameras. There we go. I, I'm making a, a snap. <laughs> gesture with my finger right now um but anyway she there was a bunch of them of that moment you know so luckily so cool yeah i'm glad so that cool. happened Braylon, jb thank yeah. you guys so Thanks much for having down. this has been a real treat it's been fun yeah cheers yo cheers so i figured we we'd have one where we kind of bring it back around to the whiskey a little bit and i i think that this is uh this is a good whiskey to talk about it's one that not a whole lot of people know about that's true now, I, i'm gonna i'm gonna say something here and you're going to go, really? And I'm going to go, not what you think, but uh, I am sitting down with Michael Myers. <laughs> <laughs> On Saturday the 14th. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> Missed it by one day. 291 Colorado Whiskey Distillery. That's right. Welcome to the podcast, Michael. Thank you for having and me. And Phillip's here as and well. And Philip. Thank you. I'll just interject. <laughs> as he sees fit. Um, Michael, you've, you've got a really rich background that's not just uh, rooted in whiskey. That uh, is true. You, you were also a, a fashion photographer. I was, as well. in so New York. 
Uh, so, so start talking a little bit about that because I th I, I'm in, in a graphic designer by trade, so art is in my background and everything, and I find that fascinating. And I'd like I'd like to hear some of how you kind of got into that um, and how that was kind of one of your initial passions and everything too. Yeah, so I, I picked up a camera when I was 15, was given a camera, and um, and never looked back. Shot shot. Uh, football games, basketball games, shot some fashion stuff, Right. then went to Savannah College of Art and Design, graduated with a photography degree, and um, part of 291 comes from there, so I'll fill that in right now, but sure. um, 291 was my dorm room in college, oh, okay. um, and 291, in that dorm room, I learned that Alfred Stieglitz had the very first photo gallery ever in New York, or ever in the world, wow. Gallery 291, in around 1907. And so I was like meant to be a photographer. Went on to be a photographer. Uh, worked in L.A. after college, and then moved to New York. Um, I shot for Mademoiselle, Esquire, GQ, uh, Estee Lauder, Tiffany and Company, Forbes, uh, everybody, um, and had a really great career. Shot Angelina Jolie when she was 15, and wow. and the Olsen twins were some of my last clients. I'm not entirely sure how to follow that up. <laughs> <laughs> and now I because make whiskey. That, well, yeah, but like that—that that in of in and of itself is just such a laundry list of awesome things, of awesome clients that you get to work with, and and I'm sure that that allowed you to see and experience parts of the world, parts of life that you would have really not have been able to get to do otherwise. Yeah, it, it definitely did. Um, you know, traveled a lot with my photography. Um, I was born and raised in Alpharetta, Georgia, Atlanta, Georgia, and um, spent my summers in California. My mom lived out there in L.A. area, and so I had a little L.A. influence growing up. And then, um, yeah, the fashion world was amazing. Um, ha had just incredible times meeting and building teams to take photos. That's so cool. But of course, you are here because of 291. I am here because yes. of 291. <laughs> I am here because of 9-11. Really? Yeah. Okay. So I was a photographer in New York. I lived on Warren and Westside Highway, and uh, that's about three blocks from the World Trade Center. And I was on Greenwich and Duane when the first plane flew over. Wow. So saw it all, saw Goodness. everything that day uh, with my children. I have two boys that were four and five then and my wife at the time. And uh, yeah, it was a crazy day. So That's putting it very, very late. Yeah, it was a crazy day. So what, what about 9-11 inspired 291? So we couldn't get back into our apartment, so we moved to Colorado where my wife's parents lived. And we lived there for nine months. And during those nine months, I commuted back to New York for photography. And we moved back to New York couple of years wasn't good so we moved back to Colorado and I commuted and for about four years and then I looked at some other stuff some TV and uh, movie stuff and, and um, was did a Vanity Fair shoot in August 2010 and on the flight back read an article about the guy that created Hendrix Jen and Sailor Jerry thought I could brand some whiskey came back <laughs> Talked to some people. Somebody said, why don't you try and make it? I'm like, they make it in the woods of Georgia. It can't be that hard. 
And then he regretted those words every day <laughs> yeah. since. Yeah, well, <laughs> it's not that easy to it make is, a whiskey. No, it's absolutely not that easy. But the, the fact that you had the gusto for it and, and just the sheer motivation and to take stupidity. that on. Well, <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> Your words, it. not mine. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I love it. You can quote him. No. Do <laughs> you want me to edit that out as the real question? No, not at all. <laughs> Never. So uh, you, you started with your bourbon, correct? I did. Or did you I start did. with the rye? I, um, so I love rye. Uh, before Same. I made whiskey, I loved Thomas Handy. That was the rye that I really love. If uh, you're going to love a, a rye whiskey, <laughs> you may as well love one of the best in the in the field. So good for you. Yeah. And... Um, but I did. I started with bourbon because I, I literally, I had uh, 300 square feet space. I had a DSP, uh, oh, wow. distilled spirit plant permit, DSP CO 15023, so the 23rd in Colorado. Um, and in that 300 square foot space, and I, um, I got a bag of Grant corn from a brewer friend and went down to the homebrew shop and got some malt rye. <laughs> and I made my first mash. And to this day, my bourbon is that recipe, except for a very slight change. And that's 19% malt rye. It was 20, it went to 19, and it's 1% malt barley. But just just for the enzymes? Yeah, uh, yeah. and a little, a little flavor. Yeah. yeah. And then my rye was the next recipe mm-hmm. I made. And my rye was... Um, is 61% malt rye, 39% corn. Well, the, the rye is the, the showstopper here. Uh, from, yes, it's what <laughs> I set out to make. I set out to make a Western whiskey, and I love rye, and I wanted something big, bold, and beautiful like the state of Colorado. I mean, I'm making Colorado whiskey. It better be good whiskey. Sure, sure. And, and big. The, so let, let's talk, too, about the accolades behind <laughs> 291 rye whiskey. Yeah, uh, so 2018 Whiskey Magazine um, gave me the world's best rye title, which is amazing. Um, that is but, fantastic. So in 2016, we presented for the very first time ever to Whiskey Magazine, mm-hmm. and, and they gave me America's best rye. Um, and there were two categories. I won one, and Pikesville won the other, and Pikesville won Worlds that year. So I almost wow. won Worlds in the first Man. time presented. Um, That's not bad for your first time showing. <laughs> not bad <laughs> at all. Um, we've won double gold out of San Francisco, Denver, uh, New York. Um, Jim Murray. Um, yes. Barrel number two uh, mm-hmm. of that rye whiskey literally a year after making whiskey. Um, and I had never brewed beer or distilled until I started this. September 11, 2011 was my very first finished distillation. Really? So, yeah. Um, so, Jim Murray gave me barrel number two, 94 points. Wow. Yeah. So, I was like, okay, this is really happening, isn't it? 291 has seven liquid golds from Jim Murray, six different recipes. That's incredible. Yeah. My goodness. You, you really have shown up and shown out. Yeah. <laughs> at this point. And I mean, that that is just incredible. Thank you so much. You're Thank so you welcome. so much. Yeah. Um, it, it's interesting because as a photographer, I worked hard to be a photographer and, and break in and all that. And there there were times where I heard about somebody showing a Polaroid and getting a big job. And I'm like, what? 
they, they only had a Polaroid? I got all these beautiful pictures. And so when I came to Whiskey, I was like, I'm going to be the dude that shows up with the Polaroid. Yeah. So do you, 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 do you photograph all your, all your whiskey as well? I don't. It's too close. Oh, it's too hard. Oh, I mean, I, I'm going to interject. He has an iPhone. <laughs> yeah, you know, people ask me if I shoot, and I I have an iPhone, and it looks like a camera. You know. Well, there you go. Yeah, it definitely does. <laughs> so, what's next for 291? What, what's the future look like? Um, so, the future is happening right now. So, we we have some allocated whiskeys that are coming out that come out every year. So, we have High Rye, which is a High Rye bourbon, comes out October 5th. We have a. Uh, uh, Bad Guy, which is a four-grain weeded bourbon that comes out. Uh, Jim Murray gave it 95 and a half points, wow. barrel number one. Goodness um, gracious. It's a, it's a really good bourbon. Um, and then we are moving into new states. So we are in good. Colorado, self-distributed. We opened California a few years ago, a little at a time. We're blowing California up bigger. Um, we just opened Kentucky on Friday. We are in 27 Kroger, Kroger stores in Kentucky. Um, we are here at Hometown Rising, um, serving our whiskey in Kentucky, and, and um, we are opening Texas. We just got a PO last week to ship Fantastic. A, a pallet and a half there. That's great. Man. So, all we, three major markets in Texas. That's really incredible. Yeah. Yeah. Such rapid growth in such a short amount of time. Yeah, but still slow. We we make all our own whiskey from scratch, so you know it's cash intensive. It's got to sit in the barrel, mm -hmm. all that. So we can't open too many states too quickly, sure. or Absolutely. we won't have whiskey. Absolutely. Michael, I wish you all the best. The Harry, future, thank you very much. Absolutely, thank you so much for sitting down. It's yeah, been a pleasure. I truly appreciate it. And I cannot wait to try 291. Well, come on to the Beyond Bar and have, oh, have I'll some. Do I'll do that. All right, all right man. Cheers. Appreciate it. Bye. So this is really cool. I've got the Sisterhood Band. Yes. It's Alyssa and Ruby. Yeah. Welcome, guys. Thank so you. Thanks you for here. having us. Thank you. So there's something really interesting about this um, that, that we're going to have to touch on here. It says here that... Uh, uh, you made guest appearances at Rod Stewart's Las Vegas show. How how did that come about? I'm just, I'm <laughs> I just know curious. a guy that knows a guy that knows Rod Stewart, oddly yeah. enough. Huh. So how, yeah. How did those connections come about? Uh, it's really I have to. It's a long story. I don't know if you guys want to hear it. It's about 32 years worth of a story. So now Rod Stewart's my my father, and I am so proud of him. And uh, we got to open for him. That was our first really so cool. debut tour. Yeah. So it was fun, and he really loves us and supports us and Alyssa's parents we've played with a few times as well and I mean their harmonies are insane I'm just such a great band Bailey and the boys it's, so we, we would have we would have been called the offspring but yeah. that band name was already taken so offsprung the offsprung it's offsprings <laughs> offsprings oh, correct. Ooh, I like is that, that grammatically correct because it's two of us yeah, yeah exactly. is that real I country that. or what offsprings they're the offsprings of some rock and roll and country <laughs> you know that's the offsprings sounds right oh. to me no it is the offsprings I'm pretty sure you're right. That is, that is correct. That's Grammatically gonna be our, correct. That's okay. going to be our first record. The Offsprings. Oh, there the you offsprings. go. There you go. So how long have you all been playing together? We've been in a band for about three years. We've been yeah. friends for about four-ish. I think it was five. We met, in, we met like in December of 2015, and we, and we became friends for like a few months. And then yeah. we started the band for fun and honestly just like didn't think anything was going to happen. And well, yeah. it just... 
and it kind did. of took off. It did. It and did here we happen. are. Now we're so rising festival. I cannot imagine that you guys were just like, yeah, we'll see what happens with the amount of talent that's just like running through your veins. I mean, come on, you guys aren't giving it. You're not giving yourselves enough credit. Well, we we met through mutual friends, very like by chance. I was about to ask how that that friendship. Yeah, we completely met through mutual friends. Ruby was visiting Nashville, writing with a friend of ours, and he brought her over to my house one night to for me to meet her. And honestly, she walked in the door, and I was like. I feel like I know you. How have we met? <laughs> it's so weird because she said four years, and I feel like I've known her for centuries. Yeah. Like, yeah. I can read what she's going to say next before she says it. Yeah, it's crazy. It's weird. How, how does that conversation come up, though? What do you mean? Like, the, the oh. Oh, yeah, like um, how you know people like that? Well, no, more of the, um, more of the oh, I'm, I'm Rod Stewart's daughter. It doesn't really come up unless it we're just in an happens. interview. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, no, no, no. My, my my point is like when you when you're when you're beginning your friendship. Yeah. Right. I mean, like that has to happen organically. Of course. Yeah. Point, well, right? the thing is, yeah. what's weird is that like the who we met through my ex my ex boyfriend was in a band called Tyler Bryant the Shakedown, and his name was Graham Whitford, and his dad is an Aerosmith, and it's oh. like. Oh, Brad Whitford. Yeah. So it's yeah. like, it's really strange. I feel like we, all the offspring kind of find each other because it's yeah. a very odd way to grow up. And so when you meet yeah. each other that are like, you're like, like kindred spirits because you're yeah. able to talk about yeah, being on the road as a child. Road you know? stories and, and like kid tour stories are very particular for sure. Like I used to surf on the road cases backstage and, and she yeah. did the same that's thing. So, cool. so yeah. literally you have like a stadium that's your home for the night or kind of a playground, which yeah. is cool. So it's, it's different. I, I feel like you guys need like a Facebook group. Oh yeah, it's like man! Rock you want to start roll it? Rock and roll offsprings. Yeah. I mean, I have no connections to it, but offsprings. yeah, I'll, sure. I'll yeah. just find you guys and invite everybody and just be like curator of like, there hey, let's let's civil conversation. You know, yeah, we're not talking this. about we're not going to talk about bad trip stories or anything, <laughs> but like you know, it's all about you know yeah. the community and everything. Yeah, of course. But, yeah. So so let's talk more about the music. Yeah. Though. Yeah. Yeah. What is the common ground that you guys kind of found between each other that led you to a cohesive writing style? Um, and the, what, what was it that worked? Well, I think that like both of our backgrounds coming together, sonically for me, that's what the sisterhood sounds like. You know, I grew up in rock and roll and Alyssa grew up in country, but on like an emotional level, I've never felt so open in a writing experience yeah. other than with Alyssa. You know, a lot of my life I've written songs with like friends, but I haven't gone to like, you know, song rights and, right. and Alyssa understood me and I understood her and it, everything came out really naturally. And I think it's based off of honesty, I would say. And we write everything about true experiences. Yeah. I mean, everything we've gone through, we're, we're just yeah. finishing a record. Um, it's our first debut album on Sony Records. Thank you. Thank you. And we're, we're producing it too. We're producing oh it together. Yes, yeah. I know. You're, so going like, you're going all in. What's, right doing what's crazy about the story between Ruby and I is that like it's an accidental band. It's an accidental. That like, band name was also taken. We, liter we literally, <laughs> we literally met accidentally and like became besties and we're like. Oh, maybe we should start a band. Like this is fun, and and started getting like a ton of gigs where yeah. we were like, "Can you come to Australia and play the main stage at CMC?" We're like, "Sure, we only have four songs, but we'll have ten by then." <laughs> and then it was like Rod was like, "All right, you guys want to see if you really want to be in a band? How about you tour with me and open my stadium tour?" We were like, "What?" So we Rod. toured with him. Did you hear that? It was just casual, very. Yeah. yeah. Rod, Rod was like, "Hey, yeah. what are you up to?" Then what's crazy is that, like, in the country community, we've just been welcomed with open arms. My parents yeah. are in a band called Bailey and the Boys, yes. and they were on RCA Records. And what's strange mm -hmm. is that the person that 
is now the head of uh, Sony. Sony Records Nashville, Randy Goodman, used to work my parents' records back on RCA days. So it's That's a really Nashville weird, it's That's a really insane. weird magical occurrence that we're even here talking to you in this This Is Your Bourbon podcast because <laughs> I don't even know how we started this band, but I'm glad we're here. I'm glad we did. This so, is my bourbon podcast. But so the music oh, is kind okay. of accidental, too. So we got too. a new theme song now. Yeah. This is my bourbon podcast. <laughs> That was not. That was not. That's not. Harmony. That's not a good representation of our music. <laughs> hey guys, go check it out. But don't Sounds worry. About it. No, we just had a few. We just had a few shots of bourbon. Speaking of the oh, other. Oh, did you tank. go hang out with Fred? We yeah. did. Yeah. That, see, a little bit of a legend. I, I don't want to make you jealous or anything. No, 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 no. no, no, no. Fred's know. a good friend of mine. But I don't understand how this keeps happening. Fred keeps having interviews, and the interviews Everyone that he like has, turt. they come here, and they're like, "Man, we just got done with Fred Minnick, Dude. and like, boy, he was pouring whiskey like crazy." But now and we I'm know like, all about bourbon so yeah, exactly yeah, exactly questions. but it's like where, where do i go from there at that point you need, it's to, like, you need you to crack out the bourbon since you're the yeah this what bourbon you got podcast what you got we are this in is Louisville. my bourbon podcast so this better. is a oh that's what Alyssa drank Ooh. i think right well, or no? i'm gonna put that back no then. i don't know uh, are you allowed to have it out this is my Maybe bourbon not. podcast we don't want to get arrested oh, we're not gonna get arrested but no it's fine <laughs> could you no, imagine anyway. we all get arrested mid-podcast we're we like all okay we all got arrested with a bourbon podcast don't let my sd card run out that would be brilliant so something i want to touch on too is that there, there had to have been something that you learned from watching your parents. Oh, for sure. Work in a band together. Yeah. Right. So, how did that kind of translate to you knowing how to work friendship-wise together in a band? Because there should be some kind of like overlap in terms of, you know, that that ideology, ideology yeah. rather. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. my parents told me never to be in a band because they were in a band together All their right. whole well, lives, and they were like, "Don't ever be in a band." <laughs> So I did my solo career for a really long time, and I and honestly, I've been doing it since I was a child. But I used to watch my mom get dressed on the bus and like watch my mom and dad sing together on stage. And they're best friends, and I I I just wanted to be like them. They're really amazing human beings, but they're incredible musicians. So as a child, I was like, "Can I come sing? Can I come sing?" And so finally, (laughs) they let me come sing in the middle of their set. And that was like the thing that I did every night as a kid. And so I've—that's the only thing I've known, honestly—is making music. And yeah. I think that like if you watch Ruby and I on stage, we have a lot of like our parents' uh, moves on stage. Like she does a lot of Rod Stewart rock and roll moves, and I do yeah, a lot so of Cat Daly moves. My, my story's so opposite that like my dad was like, definitely join a band. <laughs> Bands are fun. You get to go out and party in foreign countries. It's so much fun. And yeah. so. It's funny, our parents' advice was completely opposite. My dad and Ronnie Wood are our best friends. You see them on stage together, it's a great show because they're together, you know? And I don't know, I've always kind of wanted to be in a band. They're my favorite thing about music. Especially when you see a successful band that still loves each other. You look at Old Dominion, you're like, man, those guys love each other. And they're up there making music. And there's this thing that happens live between them. It's a circle. It's it's really because they understand each other. So that's right. Man, I love being in a band. I wouldn't have it any other way. Are we allowed to curse on this? this Are we allowed to curse? No. Yeah, you can. No. I wouldn't have it any other fucking way. <laughs> I was going to say that, but then I was like, oh, Fest- I festival, to... festival shows usually yeah. run R-rated, so you know, it's all good. Um, yeah, I wouldn't either. Honestly, I'm glad yeah. I didn't listen to my parents. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, that's what it's about. Does, it, does your dad still hang out with uh, Jeff Beck? Or? Yeah, they're, do- yeah. Yeah. they're doing a show they're together. They're playing a show at the Hollywood Bowl. Really? Yeah. I didn't know that. 
Yeah, yeah man. Shoot. Yeah, dude. Jeff Beck's one of my guitar heroes. So. Yeah, he's, he's awesome. He's amazing. He's incredible. I've spent some time with him. He's a pretty Have you? sweet man, but also very, like, not crazy, Zen. but just... No, he's so talented. It's almost oh, genius. Okay. You know what I mean? I like gotcha. the way he hears gotcha. things. He's so insanely talented. So, yeah. yeah. Crazy talented. Crazy talented. Crazy genius. We've had some pretty great mentors growing up. If you, I, yeah, no my kidding. My mentors were like Vince Gill, <laughs> Reba McIntyre, Kenny Rogers. Ruby's mentors were Ronnie Wood, Keith Richards, oh. Stevie oh. Nicks. Stevie Nicks. So, yeah. We got pretty lucky. Keith Richards. What we is got pretty this? lucky. Uh, oh my see, god, what is that? Is that all the names we just dropped on no. the floor? I'm so <laughs> sorry. sorry to pick those up. I'm so sorry. So, it's so, weird because like for us that's normal. Right, it's but we're like, all human, but like right? two, oh no, absolutely. But like sorry. Yeah, no, it's good. But like there is still that kind of that 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 moment where you go, these are the people that are in it. Yeah. yeah. Right? I mean like yeah, heroes are still just people yeah. or the, 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 the folks that you look up to right. you know as you're growing up are still people but right. you know they, they did still have an impact right. yeah, on absolutely. the person that you became whether or not it's musically or <clears throat> spiritually yeah. or you know whatever yeah. and so like to to hear that to hear those names spoken yeah. in such a casual way yeah yeah it's oddly enough kind of special yeah. Totally. Right? And we you know? and we feel like it is too. I mean the the other day I was over at Ruby's dad's house. We honestly our parents are so supportive. Like my parents amazing, have a though. studio in our house in Franklin that I grew up in and we record we recorded a lot of our record there. And in every, fact, Alyssa wants to do vocals somewhere else, and I'm like, can we do them at your house? Yeah, I know. <laughs> I want to totally. do it with your dad engineering. Totally. Just, and then her mom comes up, and she's like strict Italian, right? Like, comes oh, up, so like, Italian. Hey, you guys hear this? You guys hear this harmony right here? I feel like you guys got to have this right here. And you're yeah. just like, yes, because you don't get that in the studio. It's you get really like, fun. hey, do you guys need coffee? And you're like, yeah, right. My, yeah. Mom, yeah, my mom does that, too. She's so cute. She's like, are you guys hungry? I'm bringing you some food. So she, like, she brings, brings us carrots up food. and cheese. Like, literally, they're so It's a whole plate of food. Yeah, sandwiches. No, yeah, for real. But like, there's <laughs> I so. I mean, I, I believe it. So. They're so supportive, Best and we're. Studio ever. Did you break? Did you hurt yourself? I don't think I hurt. My, I, don't, I don't think I broke my tooth. Well, that's yeah. another. That's another. You're good. It looks yeah, great. Yeah, yeah it hit me right in the tooth. I've never hit myself in the, oh, man, in the mouth. Oh man, I do that every night. Before, <laughs> Ruby and I both have front missing teeth. You'd never know it because we have fake teeth. But <laughs> I knocked out my left tooth. I'm gonna be now. I'm looking like right tooth. Yeah, mine's the left one. Hers is the right one. Yeah. Aw. <laughs> that guy. Weird. You're just going, I can't feel anyway. anything. So if you get a big tooth, I got a guy. He yeah. needs it. Big tooth. Cool. Great. But I was going to say that um, I was over at Ruby's dad's house and in L.A. They let us stay there when we're out there. It's so awesome. And it's like having a home away from home. And I was hanging out outside and, and, um, and Ronnie Wood walked in. And Ronnie and Rod wrote the song Gasoline Alley. And yeah. when we started the band, Rod, it was really a tip of the hat we started covering that song um, because Rod had really heard us first sing together and said, you know, you guys should really think about starting a band. So we played our first show ever. It was at the Hotel Cafe and we invited all of Ruby's friends and all these people that we that we knew, like just hoping that like one one or two or three people would come. And at the at this show, there was like, Rod, 
Rod Stewart, Steven Tyler, like everyone, all of Ruby's friends, all of the people that have followed me yes, over the yeah. years that live in LA, they were there. We <laughs> sold out the show. It was I wish crazy. you could see your face right now. <laughs> it was crazy. I know, I know, I know what it, what it but looks we did, like. So it's we just did Gasoline Alley and we surprised <laughs> Rod and we've been yeah. doing it in our set well, like pretty much ever way, since then. My dad told us to do a Joni Mitchell song because yeah. that's the first time he ever heard us sing. We were singing Joni Mitchell on a plane and he was like, you guys should start a band. And Alyssa and I were like, we're doing our solo thing. We don't want to start a band right now. Yeah. And then sure enough, you know, a year later we had started a band and we're playing Hotel Cafe and so we figured we should do Gasoline Alley our yeah. own way. First gig. My so dad was... First gig. Yeah, first, first gig. Hotel Cafe. Hotel Cafe. And but my, my first dad gig was like coffee you, house. We had, we had played it before individually. Yeah. You played it with your band Revoltaire. I had played it as a solo artist and, and over the years... Played Gasoline Alley? No, no. Uh, oh. Hotel Cafe. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And so we had been really cutting our teeth as, as individuals before we met as a band and when we came together as a band we kind of merged our worlds together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, but anyway, my point in telling you this story is that Ronnie Wood walked in and I was like, oh my God, I have to ask him how he plays Gasoline Alley because I've been playing the guitar part and I want to make sure I'm playing it right. So Rod goes, I'll get the guitars. So he goes to get the two guitars and Ronnie and I are sitting on the couch and then Ruby and Rod and Penny are sitting on the other couch and we all start playing Gasoline Alley together and I'm like, what is my life? This is so cool. And I guess I, I was playing my, it right. My so. dad is all the way in Lexington, Kentucky right now, but I can just Is this live? I can hear No, 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 no. Oh. But I, I mean, <laughs> so I could just I can just Hi, hear I can hear Well, he'll hear it later Hi, dad. on, but What's yeah. your dad's name? His name's David. Dave? Yeah. Hey, hey Dave. Dave. <laughs> hey Dave. That will, the that dad. Will be, that Hi will from be the, the sisterhood band of Dave. Come see our show. You're gonna like it. If that you like will be rock the highlight roll. of his day. I'm not. Yeah. I'm not gonna lie. I'll call him and it'll be like, yeah, yeah it was man. no sisterhood band. Give me a shout. Yeah. Out. So, yeah. Anyway, yeah. love dads. Anyway, they're cool. They're cool. Yeah. They're great. Yeah. I love. Well, I he love raised my dad, a good so. son, so Aww. yeah. Don't cry. And he's stop. crying. Here we go. You can't see his face. He's crying. Well, that's the end of the podcast. No, I'm just kidding. No. <laughs> you guys have, have no new music questions. coming out. We do. We've got yeah. two songs that are out right now. One's called Bullet. The other one is called Get Up and Go. Um, we have a music video coming out for yeah. Get Up and Go. And On it's Wednesday. shot all around California. It's so fun and bright and just beautiful shots. And uh, Jess Amerson directed it and our friend Dallas shot it so it's just we're keeping it in the family you know like our friends working on these projects but uh, it's it's coming out Wednesday awesome the 18th yeah September so if you're listening to this after that you can watch our music video get up and go Uh, this will actually come out the day that it comes out. The day no. that it comes out, great. Yeah, it comes out on Wednesday. Well, here you go. So, so. That is weird. Yeah. And Guys, there'll be a link, there'll be a link somewhere to watch that video, I'll, I'll I'm throw sure. a link in the description. Perfect. So, yes. Yeah, yeah but we did it. Check it out. We really wanted it to just, like, capture our personalities because Ruby and I have no fun at all, as you can tell. None. So shy. So, so, so shy. Just stale. Stale, yeah. stale, stale personalities. You know what's really crazy about it, though? Have you seen Once Upon a Time in Hollywood yet? The Quentin Tarantino film? Oh, my God, it's so cool. But it's, like, all, like, 1969, and we drove this 1969 Cadillac around in this music video with Longhorns on the front of it. It was so funny. That's it's amazing. pretty badass. It's, we don't take ourselves very yeah. seriously. Two chicks it. in a Longhorn car <laughs> Cadillac. People were just stopping and like just taking photographs. <laughs> oh my god. Videos. You know what's crazy though? Stewart's daughter? Yeah. yeah. You know what's crazy about driving a car like that though? It makes people yeah. smile. Like you're driving oh, down the road does. and you yeah. see these random people that are like, oh my god, like smiling at this car. We'll take pictures. And you're making strangers smile. So right. I'm glad we got to do that for a week. When are you guys coming back to Kentucky next? Because I feel like there's Soon, a whole another hour and a half of oh, conversation yeah. that we can have. I love it here. We're about okay. to go get some food and oh, heck check yeah. out. I've yeah. never been here. It's my first time. So. In Kentucky, period? Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah okay. check it out. So next time you guys come back through, 
I know that there's a whole other conversation to be had. Let's do it. Thanks for having us on your podcast. Thank you all so much. This is going to be fun. For sure. Excited for it to come out. The Sisterhood Band. Go check them out. Thank you, dude. Thank you. No problem. Thank you, guys. (laughs) So this is kind of a different little interview from what we've normally been doing this weekend. I'm excited for this one. This is John Timms. This is Fred Minnick's publisher for Bourbon Plus. John, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me on. Absolutely, man. This is really cool. So uh, Fred Fred stopped by the uh, the media tent and uh, said, you know, you got to interview John. And I said, whatever you say, Fred. <laughs> <laughs> so so here we are. So, uh, John, you've got a, a, a rich background, not just in uh, publishing, but um, hunting, too, Yeah. as well. Yeah. So uh, uh, where are you from? So I'm from South Alabama mm-hmm. and I uh, grew up in the... Uh, the hunting world, which is obviously the lifestyle people and uh, end of the day always having a bourbon. So I think that's why I'm here today. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Bourbon Plus is not the only magazine that you have uh, no, you've the, been a part of. No, uh, the first publication is called Cubby Rise, which mm-hmm. is a high-end um, lifestyle magazine that's we cover upland bird hunting around the world, uh, which is uh, involved with uh, people, chefs, Dogs, yeah, um, all the fun stuff. So we check, we run around the world all uh, all through the year chasing those things, chasing stories and wine and cigars and bourbon that type of stuff. I think I've uh, I think I've picked it up before. Just uh, you know, that I'm I'm not much of a hunter, yeah, by any means. But like, I, I think I just remember you know going into Barnes and Noble or something like that and seeing it on the uh, on the on the newsstand and going that is a beautiful looking magazine and yeah it up we're, we're and big into photography it. that's um you don't have to be a hunter to uh, enjoy yeah. this it's 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 so chock full of photography and like i said food and oh yeah all the all the essentials of a Absolutely. lifestyle guy um so yeah we're we're there at uh, big newsstands of Barnes and noble hastings and of course we're in a lot of the hunting world yeah. stores as well yeah and you know if, if you've picked up an issue of bourbon plus you know just how beautiful all the photography and everything is in, in, in that as well. So it only makes sense that those two things kind of line up together. How did uh, how did Fred uh, connect with you and, and get you kind of roped into Bourbon Plus? So it's an interesting deal is when I yeah, put uh, Cubby Rise together uh, in 2012, we were looking for a, a bourbon writer. And as I did my research, uh, Fred was the one that kept coming to the top. And I contacted him, and he's been writing our spirits column uh, for the last seven years for Cubby Rise. And he and I were just having a bourbon um, about a year and a half ago talking about um, the column and different things. And uh, and I said, you know, I've been thinking about doing branching out and doing another uh, magazine about just bourbon and telling the stories mm-hmm. of the people and behind the scenes that nobody else really does. And he sure. said, you know, I've been thinking about doing the same thing. So <laughs> <laughs> over bourbon, bourbon plus uh, was evolved. So in, in birth right there, uh, of course, in Louisville. So. Can't imagine a better way for that to have really happened. No, either. It's, it's perfect. I mean, it's and, and with with Fred's background and knowledge of um, the spirits industry and, and, and bourbons and, and everybody he knows and uh, it was just a perfect way to segue into a new publication. There, there's no way that, you know, when, when you're doing something like this, that it kind of stays exactly what you had originally envisioned. I mean, I, I imagine that it's constantly changing. There's there's moving parts to it that, you know, 
wind up making for a, a greater, bigger picture. So what are some of the ways that Bourbon Plus has changed um, since its uh, first issue? You know, it's, we um, we listen to the audience a lot. Um, we we obviously we did something that we there's really not a bourbon magazine out there like this because it's it's more for the consumer. Whether you're a master distiller, where you're a, a new guy that's uh, getting into it or gal, right. um, and you know we tried to do some nifty things with photography and, and illustrations mm-hmm. and uh, to to be different. Um, but you know we we've changed it, it's it's still pretty solid uh, the way we we came about it because we listened before we we started sure. it. Sure. Uh, now yeah we're tweaking some things um, you know uh, doing more culinary stuff because people love food and love to know how to cook with bourbon. Yeah. Um, going in the, that avenue and and really we're getting a lot of feedback on our amateur hour because everybody doesn't know everything about bourbon. Yeah. So absolutely. we're trying to tell the the uh, bourbon 101 if you will to those that want to learn more well i i feel like magazines are a really easily consumable medium yeah or easily consumable media and uh the the fact that you know there are so many people who are still new to bourbon they're still trying to you know get their feet wet and that there is something like that in a, a nationally published magazine yeah is it international now too yeah, it is. Well, there you go. It is as well. And it's, uh, you know, we, we try to make it uh, experiential. Everything's, you know, everybody wants an experience nowadays. You know, it's not the same old thing of going to a bar and saying, hey, bartender, give me a Jack and Coke or yeah. just slamming a, a, a whiskey down. It's mm-hmm. everything's curated and experience behind it. And that's what we try to do at the magazine. So, you know, for one, you sit down and maybe take a break and uh, enjoy what you're reading about and over a nice cocktail or whiskey neat and yeah. so it's 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 tried to be more of an experiential thing because that's what the consumer wants nowadays i feel like that's something that's it, it, it definitely has felt like that from day one for me that it's yeah. it's very well curated it just has this organic kind of quality to it that, that makes it feel like some real love and real passion went into making it yeah, and, well, uh, I'm, I'm quite a fan. Yeah, well, I appreciate that. And we, we've got a great staff. And, you know, the one thing we do is we, you know, we, we're writing new content and taking all the uh-huh. photography. So it's, it is a lot of love and passion and thought process going into trying to tell stories about some of these icons that have been in this industry that, you know, maybe somebody's not told before. Yeah. And they're all real people, all of us, no matter if you're making the barrel or rolling the barrel or, mm-hmm. or making the hooch or selling it. Yeah. Or, or making a cocktail with it. So it's it's an interesting, fun thing to get the personalities of the individuals basically from the cornfield all the way to uh, the cocktail being made. Well, let's talk about Covey Rise, too, um, because I, I know that's a, a huge part of, you know, your story of your sure. life. Um, how did that magazine come to be? Was I, I mean, I imagine that it was, uh, you know, the same kind of deal, just having that idea and the passion for it. And yeah, that's snowballing. Uh, yeah, correct. It's it's uh, basically was my hobby. Um, I love to travel. I love bird dogs. I love good food and um, and a, a good good bourbon. So that was a born out of a hobby passion that I enjoy and never dreamed that it would go as big as it did mm-hmm. to go international and, and that we would cover uh, international events and um, stories and uh, chefs and, and have uh, international advertisers with us. Yeah. It's just, it that has definitely grown way outside of what I ever thought it would grow. 
um, and do. And it's opened so many doors, and obviously it opened the door to meet Fred and to be able to, you know, get into oh, yeah. Bourbon Plus. So. Oh, yeah. I also imagine, too, that it, it ta- taking this, this leap forward into doing something like the like Covey Rise gives you a totally different view of, uh, of hunting culture. Oh, yeah. Too, and has, has really opened your eyes to the world of it. Yeah, it, it does. And it's not, again, as I, I said earlier, it, it's not, you don't have to be a hunter to enjoy this. Yeah. Because it is a lifestyle. I mean, mm-hmm. the, these people, uh, you know, they may be uh, wing shooting during the fall, but they're fly fishing in a trout stream somewhere around the world. They're, sure. they're traveling. They're enjoying all the, all the benefits of it. And the... the interesting thing about it is when we launched Cubby Rise was, you know, print was dying, so to speak, sure. in 2012 and all mm-hmm. the digital stuff was going on and we're we're true to print. We don't have anything digital wow. uh, of either one of them. So, yeah. uh, and now we're seeing that print is coming back. Uh, you know, something that's made with uh, high quality paper and, and, and good original content is going to last and you know we all stare at screens sure all day long and sometimes you just want to sit down and smell some ink on paper and, I, I, and, and, I and immerse yourself so i absolutely agree with that there's really nothing like it's the same thing with actually holding a book yeah correct. there's nothing like that that visceral experience of just holding something in your yeah, hand and correct. knowing that you know that it's the same thing with bourbon knowing that there is all of this love and passion right. that has gone into creating it and and seeing it in person sure. and being able to hold it is just it, it's such a great experience yeah. and I, I i applaud you guys for not wanting to go digital i mean like you know the podcast is all digital i mean yeah. that's the only way it can exist but you know that sure. doesn't mean that i don't still have an affinity uh, an absolute love for for print media i well, think it's I think, beautiful i think where we are today is uh i mean it's a marriage you you, you have to have both. oh for sure you, you've got to sure. have digital stuff so you've got to have, have podcasts you got to have social media um and you know we're, we're asked by our readers you know can you put cover your eyes digital because the the magazine weighs a pound and they don't want to <laughs> carry these things all over the world so they'd love to be able to read back issues and stuff sure. like that so sure. i think it's that fine line of how you how you mix mix things but you you definitely uh want to be able to um put put print first but be able to provide um your experience in other other mm-hmm. ways well john thank you so much for sitting down with me man this was a this is really cool i love getting to hear about uh, the the back end side of uh of bourbon plus and everything and um i need to get fred back on to talk about it sometime here in the future yeah but, well appreciate uh, you having me on it's it's, a, it's always fun to talk about your passions and what you're doing and, and new adventures you're doing and of course fred and i are having a ball with with bourbon sure. plus and look forward to see where it goes i am too yeah. i'm excited for it thank you well hannah ellis is here now sitting how down with you? me on day two i'm doing well how are you good awesome Hannah, tell everybody a little bit about yourself, about your musical style, and where you're from and all that. So I'm actually originally from Campbellsville, Kentucky. So really? Yeah, just awesome. a short little drive here from uh, Louisville. Yeah. But uh, I've been doing music for as long as I can remember. I've been living in Nashville for the past six years. Wow. Yeah, I did Good a lot of songwriting, have had some cuts on other artists as well, and uh, released my own music a couple years ago and kind of been just hitting the road ever since. That is kind of that... that the way that a lot of that goes is you're like, oh, I'm, you know, cut your teeth with other people, and then as soon as you get the chance, you oh, gotta yeah. go out, go out and do it on your own. Oh yeah. Yeah. So songwriting wise, what, uh, who, who do you kind of lean on as some of your inspiration? Oh man, you know, I think I pull a lot from '90s 
R&B and 90s country. 90s R&B and country. Yeah, yeah. That is a really interesting mix. Yeah, so I do actually a cover of No Diggity in my set. No freaking way. Yeah. Okay, this is the weirdest thing. Okay, I'm ready. For some reason, I I feel like every time I go into a store recently, Mm -hmm. that song's been playing. Yeah, and you're jamming, you're dancing, you can't help it. No, I absolutely am, but like, so I've... Like a bit, I was in like you know two or three gas stations over the past week, always playing in there. After um, so we went to the Backstreet Boys on oh, Friday so night fun. too, and at, as soon as the show was over, that was what was playing. And now you're playing it today too. It's what is meant, up with? I don't understand. The universe really wants you to hear this. song. I think I'm gonna have to take a break from interviews and come over <laughs> and hear you play this song. Please this do. is really awesome. Please do. That is super super cool. Yeah. So you're so you're Kentucky native. Oh yeah. Yeah. Born and raised, baby. That is awesome. I'm, I'm from Lexington, and that's where that's the podcast where I went to is. school. Oh, did you go to UK? Oh yes, I did. I was wow. at the game yesterday. That where was uh, that was tough, but we did it. I don't want to. <laughs> we won't. We won't talk too much about it. <laughs> <laughs> we all just leave the tent. It's fine. No, no, no. It's fine. It's not your fault. They lost. Right. And we're going to leave it at that. Um, <laughs> so, well, naturally, since you're from Kentucky, we got to talk about bourbon. Of course. I was and very it's, excited. And it's, this that, is my uh, bourbon podcast. That's so, right. You know? Yeah. So, are you much of a bourbon drinker? or? You know, um, I was in college. <laughs> As most people like, say. You know, maybe we'll take a break. But <laughs> it's actually uh, funny. My dad's house is eight miles from Maker's Mark. Really? So, yeah. So I've been there quite a few times. So is he in Bardstown or is he in Laredo? So it, he's like right outside of Laredo. Oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. I love. He Maker's lives in Mark. Lebanon. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I love. I love it out there. It's such a beautiful campus. Yeah. But it's, gosh, it's so hard to get to. It is. You gotta want to go. You gotta want to go. <laughs> Do you, so you don't drink bur- bourbon much anymore? I do. Now, my boyfriend is a big bourbon. He's actually an artist, and he has a okay. project called Coffee Black Bourbon Neat because he is such a bourbon drinker. I'm going to have to check that out. Yeah. We'll have to get him on the show, too. Yes, definitely. Is he local as well? He is. He's actually here today. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Maybe he'll come through later. Please do yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Yes, for He's sure. He's the guy you want to talk to about bourbon. I mean, <laughs> I drink it because my boyfriend drinks it. You guys know. <laughs> my but wife, I do my have wife preferences. is the same way. I do have preferences. Okay, so, so. what's your go-to, then? You know, um, I really do love... Not just because we were just talking about it, but I love Maker's 46. Yeah. I think it's really smooth. It's good stuff. It's just, it's what a bourbon should taste like to me. Yeah. To me, you know. I, I can get on board Caramely, with that. and it's mm-hmm. like, it's got some really nice notes to it. Yeah. So. Yeah. All right. We'll, we'll get back to the music, too. <laughs> yeah. So, um, you said that uh, your first your first thing came out two years ago. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Um, do you have plans for a follow-up right now? Yeah, I actually just released a song two, oh gosh, a month ago called wow. Friends Like These. So I was out on tour with Gavin DeGraw. And, um, That's awesome. Yeah, and to set up that tour, we released this song that I'd been playing out a lot and I end my set with it. And mm-hmm. it was just really incredible to see people's reaction, not only live, but also when we finally put the song out, just to see people saying, oh, I've been waiting for this, or, That's so you know, cool. really just connecting with it. I do love when bands have a song that they play live that has really taken on a life of its own. Yeah. And then they go into the studio and they record it and everything. It I just think makes that, it really special. It absolutely does, yeah. On, on the opposite end of that, have you had songs that you've played live that haven't had as warm of a reception? You've just kind of been like, yeah, mm, never mind. Yeah, there has, and there's some songs that, you know, it's... I don't think it's people don't like them. I just think it doesn't move them. Sure. You know, and and especially live shows, those are different than maybe sitting in a writer's round. Absolutely. Than playing something out at a festival. Yeah. People want to have a good time, and if they don't connect with it and it doesn't make them move, I think that uh, sometimes it can't land the same way. Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, I, I, I totally understand that. I mean, like, it, it, it seems like anymore now, live shows are really a way for artists to just kind of, yeah, you know, it, it, it's like a test kitchen. Totally. But with totally, <laughs> but, with but with music. Yeah. yeah. But the fact that you, you know, have had that one song that people have really, really latched onto. Yeah. I mean, that that's really cool. Very, so very. you live in a Nashville now. Yep. Full still? time. Man. It, it's funny, and it just kind of was like, yeah, of course, but so many people that are here mm-hmm. are all Nashville natives right yeah. now. I mean, it's the hub for country music. Oh, my gosh, yeah. so true. So how has living in Nashville kind of shaped your sound, shaped your songwriting style um, Man, since moving there? Because I believe that Nashville has some of the best artists and musicians and songwriters on the planet. I truly, truly believe that. And so when you get to get in the room with those people, you just elevate. You have to, you know, you have to write above what you've been writing and you have to push yourself into a new space and it forces you to grow, Mm -hmm. you know, and just the difference in my songs before I lived there and my songs since I've lived there is just astronomical. I mean, the fact that you're able to surround yourself with so many people Mm -hmm. that just, you know, not only want to make themselves better, but they want to see, you know, if they see that talent in you, if they see that, you know, that spark of possibility totally i mean that that is a great way to you know really hone your craft oh yeah there's flies we got got flies going crazy up in this tent right now it wasn't this bad yesterday (laughs) i don't know what happened today though so what else is on the horizon you doing a more touring now yeah i'm actually going out with another kentucky girl uh carly pierce coming up this fall yeah that's awesome yeah she's great she's so incredible such a good friend and it's it's really fun that we get to finally do some shows together that's awesome Mm -hmm. hannah ellis thank you so much for sitting down thank you so much for having me i'm gonna go check out your set here in a little bit i love it please come please come for sure thanks all right so we had hannah ellis and now we've got our boyfriend nick (laughs) (laughs) on the show how are you man hey good man just uh, enjoying the weather it's beautiful out here yeah, it's a little toasty. Yeah, but well, in the could sun could be definitely. much worse. Yeah, could be much worse. So she had mentioned that you had an artist project um, called Coffee Black Bourbon Neat. Yeah, man, it's two different EPs. One of them's Coffee Black, the other one's Bourbon Neat. Awesome, dude. Talk yeah. a little bit about that. That sounds yeah, awesome. Yeah, it's just an idea. Um, Hannah actually said it. Uh, you know, just explaining my personality to somebody and just me as an artist, like just clean cut, kind of yeah. straightforward. And uh, Nick likes his coffee black and his bourbon neat, and I was like, that's so true. And Ended up uh, naming the project that. We we would get along very well yeah. then because I, <laughs> I I feel that deep deep inside my bones. Totally. <laughs> What's the music style like? Uh, the music's you know it's more soul driven but it's country as well. Uh, it's Dude, just a, kind awesome. of a soulful country. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, a lot of drinking songs obviously on uh, Bourbon Neat and um, yeah I just separated the project up uh, by some stuff I wrote in the morning some stuff I wrote at night I was obviously sipping bourbon at night. That's such an, uh, an an interesting way of, of approaching a writing project. Yeah, is like consciously breaking up the times to, uh, you know, for for when you actually are going to sit down and create a piece of music. Yeah, I mean, what was that conscious initially? Or? No, definitely it wasn't. Uh, it was you know I when you're working through the ranks in Nashville and trying to land a publishing deal or whatever, you know, I was doing what I could writing whenever I could. Mm-hmm. And t- that typically was at night because I was laying carpet during the day, actually. Oh, wow. And uh, so I needed a drink to... That sounds like a classic <laughs> Nashville story, man. Yeah. That sounds so I classic. I needed a drink to uh, take the pain off my knees and put some inspiration yeah. in my head. So uh, I was writing at 6 p.m. with uh, with co-writers or whatever, and just a couple of those songs are on this on this, uh, 
uh, record and you know it wasn't really in between I guess the songs I ended up getting a publishing deal and being able to make money full-time in music and not have to lay carpet but yeah but uh, but yeah so how many songs per side there's five each um, right now right now there are two on each out and then I released an EP called two sides and there's two songs on that um, and the two sides was hinting at coffee black bourbon neat mm-hmm. um, so either both of those songs kind of book in the project as far as genre wise gotcha yeah do but, you and uh, Hannah go ahead sorry yeah yeah go ahead do you and Hannah ever collaballate absolutely yeah we, uh, we wrote home in a hometown together uh, nice. one of her songs um, we've written a couple that haven't come out yet we wrote uh, how do I get close together which is kind of how I got my start in the industry like Keith Urban recorded it Tim McGraw and Faith Hill and and uh, it was That's just so about cool. us being artists <laughs> on the road, yeah. But um, but yeah, we kind of, I mean, yeah, we've been doing it together for at least five years, writing and singing. And That's awesome. Yeah, man. it's been fun. Knowing that there's somebody else that you can kind of bounce ideas off of, you know, in a, in a really kind of intimate way. I mean, totally. that's really, really cool. You got to embrace it. I mean, sure. now, it's becoming more popular to see a couple, like couples that are both artists. And whenever I hear somebody say, you know, oh, no, 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 we don't do it together. You know, we like to keep it separate. And I'm like, you know, I totally get that. And there's pros and cons to both. But I think the only way to keep it healthy is if we do do it together, celebrate together. And obviously, I'm here. I'm not playing today, but, you know, I'm here with her and traveling with her. And support is another big absolutely. part of that. So. But supporting each other, you know, getting success together on the same thing and even a single on her and all this kind of stuff. It's just really fun. I mean, in... There is a level of honesty, too, that I think that, you know, being in a relationship brings to to the table as Absolutely. well. I mean, like, you know, not everybody's going to be honest with you if the song yeah. sucks. Absolutely. But, you know, your but partner's going to be. Being comfortable to be creative is a whole other yeah. thing. Because uh-huh. I walk into a lot of rooms. You know, we write every day in Nashville, every weekday. So two of those rooms a week i don't know who i'm writing with never met them and all that kind of stuff and you train yourself to be good at that it's getting to know each other quick and jumping on an idea but you write different things when you write with people you love you know absolutely you know them intimately yeah how'd you kind of um get get your start with playing music start playing in church yeah kind of a popular story uh i started playing at nine play guitar at nine and then quit and then didn't start back until after high school actually wow I was 19 years old. I was coming out of a cast, and I was like, I don't know why, but I, I've got to play guitar. I've got to start playing music. And I grew up in Nashville, so music yeah. was always around. My mom and dad did a little bit as well. I, I, I know that feeling of sitting idle for, oh my for too long and not being able to, to you know, do it. You just things find you. The, the most important thing is is not to panic. Don't panic. Trust in what you're doing and trust that you right. are looking for what you want to mm-hmm. do. It, people hit panic and they jump into something too quick or they kind of screw up their opportunities before they're ready. Yeah. You know? And so I think I was calm and steady through all that, even though I was watching so many kids being from Nashville. They're prodigies, essentially, you yeah. know, and, and they're so young. But I come from a different place. I don't well, know, musically, I guess, just knowing myself before I started making music. It's not it's not always easy watching people who have things come naturally to them. Yeah. Succeed so quickly. Yeah. And like you want to applaud them. 
you want to give them, you know, that the the praise that they deserve because I mean, yeah, they still have a degree of work that that goes into it, but you know, I I get that, you know, if you're if you're really putting in the the grit work to totally. it and it's taking longer. Yeah. I mean, I I, I get that. It can be Hard, makes you happy though too because i mean oh for sure that's dude. what absolutely working working and feeling accomplished and feeling you know when you it's like when somebody gives you something and then when you work for something it's it's totally mm-hmm. different feeling you know oh no so it, it feels it, amazing it totally is and yeah. i mean you know saying that hard work pays off is just it, it's the oldest adage but i mean there's <laughs> nothing more true totally in this world so let's talk about bourbon for you want to talk minutes, about bourbon? Yes. yes, for sure. Let's talk about bourbon, dude. Right. Uh, what kind of a bourbon drinker are you? Other uh, than other than neat. Yeah, I'll, I'll do two rocks in uh, yeah. some things, but uh, but I love you know I'm a bourbon lover. I also love to collect it, but I'm also a bourbon drinker, so it never lasts long. And so I keep I kind of keep myself under about forty five bucks right now. Yeah, a, a bottle. So I always say that you know. I op- I open everything I buy. Yeah. Even like high end stuff. Totally. You know, when the the antique collection from Buffalo Trace comes out in the fall, if I get a bottle of that, it's getting opened. Yeah. It's not being bought to be sold. Without a doubt. Yeah. You know, I mean, it, it's it's important to share it with other people. Totally. And like I, I I was talking about this recently. I get this excitement with a new bottle that I want other people to try. It Absolutely. Too, you That's know? part and, of it. Yeah, yeah. It's all about sharing. It's all yeah. about the community. And you know, if you're if you're hoarding it just to hoard it, what's the point? Yeah. You know? <laughs> well, it's there the to be drank. Like there's bourbon collectors and bourbon drinkers, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I'm both. Yeah. <laughs> That's where I, I kind of fall. Again, yeah, I fall into that. Like, when it, whenever you first get into it, you want the more rare bottles and all yeah. this kind of stuff. And then, you know, through some other bourbon mentors, there's so many in Nashville. Like, they're like, man, you want to, you want to you want to find something you can find. Yeah, You know, you want exactly. to drink something you can find. And so yeah. I love all those Buffalo Trace products. I mean, mm-hmm. I found a a, 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 a 1.75 a Eagle Rare yesterday. Nice, and dude. I was like, I, I love the 1.75 bottles, the Magnum yeah. bottles. Like, mm-hmm. I've got the Weller Reserve and the Buffalo Trace and the Eagle Rare, and I love their products, but I love having those 1.75s, you know. What's kind of your go-to? My go-to, I think my favorite of all time as far as on a budget and everything is E.H. Taylor Small Batch. Oh, my man. Yeah. My man. But but I drink probably my daily bourbon would be like a Buffalo Trace with two rocks. Yeah. I'm a I'm a Turkey 101 guy. Turkey 101. Yeah. I've got to try that. Okay. Have you not tried it yet? I, I mean, not that I can remember like sitting down and really drinking it. You all know? right. Before you get out of here, we'll, uh, Done. we'll take care yeah, of that. Yeah, let's do trade secret don't they have the uh is it the rare bird and all that kind of stuff rare breed yeah yeah rare breed that's right i've seen a couple of those bottles in some collections um russell's reserve is by them as well i've had that yeah it's really good fantastic bourbon man that's a yeah yeah, it's all over the shelves in nashville yeah right now russell's is one of those kind of unsung heroes right now of, of bourbon like nobody knows that it's really a turkey product if you're not really in the know you know but I mean, once you kind of latch onto it, it's kind of hard to, it's kind of hard to let go. Yeah. But dude, it's so it's so. Yeah, good. it is good. I, I want to try that. I, I mean, I'm so into like cheaper bourbons right now, and just totally. It's just totally. I don't know. It's like we talk all the time about um, not bottom shelf shaming. Yeah. Because I mean, there's so many great lower shelf products out there right now. Um, Heaven Hill has just a massive amount of brands that they produce that are 
all like fifteen to ten to fifteen dollars yeah. a bottle. And they're all bottled and bond, so they're all 100 proof for at least four years and everything. So, and, and they're just so hard to beat for the value. Totally. I feel like we need to share a drink before, uh, before the end of the day, What's so, so we'll do that. What's whenever I went to, when I was, you know, you go on the tours and you do the, you know, the Buffalo Trail or yeah. the, uh, the Bourbon Trail and all yeah. that kind of stuff. It's learning about the mash bills and learning that so many products are the same juice, mm -hmm. you know, and it's obviously the barrel and location of warehouse and weather yeah. that kind of plays into 70% of the flavor. But it's so, it's it was so mind-blowing to me because you think of bourbons, they're all different. Every recipe is different, all that kind of stuff, and it's not true. It, they're actually, there's only one bill or yeah. three bills maybe at yeah, places, exactly. you know. Yeah, and, you know, Heaven Hill, again, is another um, really good indication of that because, you know, they really do only have one bourbon mash bill, aside from the weeded one. But, like, all those bottom shelf products that we were talking about, same mash bill. Yeah, They're just amazing. bottled to taste, you know? Yeah. So they have that, that tasting panel where they, they make all that happen and they figure it out. And it just, it really does blow my mind. Yeah, that it's, it's so cool. It's even a, a thing. But, Nick, thank you so much, man. Man, for thanks for having sitting me. Sitting down and talking I'm glad with Hannah me. sent me over here. Yeah, me too, buddy. <laughs> so everybody go check out. Coffee Black Bourbon Neat. Yeah, heck yeah. I'm going to be checking it out here later. Heck too. yeah, man. So. Drink a whiskey to it. Yeah, dude. All right. Appreciate you. Thanks. We've got Kendall Schaefer now. Kendall, welcome to the podcast, man. Thank you, man. Yeah, hey, put it like. Go ahead. Like right here. Like right there. There like you go. Like when I'm on stage. Yeah, like when you're on stage. Okay. <laughs> okay. I, had, I told somebody that yesterday, and they're like, oh, okay. That's, that's easy to do. So, yeah. man, Hometown Rising. This what is awesome. awesome. What an awesome festival. Yeah, man. I. So this is the second day of it, and I'm just kind of like, the the giddiness is really kind of setting in of just how awesome all of this is. How have you liked it so far, man? Man, I think the people are just so nice. We're from South Louisiana, so. I can hear it. it yeah. As soon as you said where you were from, I could hear it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's perfect. So when we got here, I was, I was expecting, we're, we're a big football family back there, mm -hmm. so everybody's so competitive. Um, we just had a big game in Texas last week, and it was, it was real competitive, and we had some nasty words with some people. So when I got here, I was like, man, these people are so nice, man. Man, we had some uh, some pretty nasty uh, Florida issues going on yesterday Come too on. with UK. So <laughs> I don't want to I don't talk too much about it. We've already harped on it a little bit, but that was a tough loss. Yeah, we're not gonna go there loss. with Florida because yeah, uh, we got them coming up next pretty soon. <laughs> Good luck, man. Good luck. Let's talk about the music, though. Let's do it. Yeah. So, uh, where where are you at music uh, in 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 so much as like your career? Well, like I was telling the other people, I still got a day job. So yeah. I go I, I go out. I'm a I'm a bowler maker by trade. Okay. And a pipe fitter. So wow. I, I'm versatile. <laughs> but I'm doing stuff I don't want to do every day. Yeah. So, um, but the good thing about it, though, is that you are doing something that you want to do every day, and that's exactly. playing music. And we're not we're not giving up neither. You know, this is probably one of the bigger gigs we've done in a while. We're still playing honky tonks and dive bars back in South Louisiana, cutting our teeth. So when we got invited to do this, we were all we were all hands Immediate, on deck. Immediate, yes, yeah, Immediate. yeah. How uh, how often do you make it up to Kentucky? Is this the first time you've you've been here? This is the first time. And welcome, Ben. And uh, thank you so much, brother. Absolutely. And, uh, I told everybody when they invited us to Kentucky. I said, man, what in the hell is in Kentucky? Uh, I've heard of the Kentucky Derby. I love horses, so that that won me in right there. You got one. And then uh, 
I'm a big Jim Beam drinker. So the bourbon. So the bourbon. I heard it was a bourbon festival, so <laughs> we got to come here. We, Man, it's we just had like, to come here because of the bourbon also. This so was just, horses and bourbon, you got me one right there, man. This was just made for you then. It was. Welcome. Dude, I, I'm so happy that we actually got to sit down. Horses, bourbon, and country music. <laughs> oh, man. I can't get any better than that. Uh, so who are some of your uh, your influences then? My influences range from anywhere from Hank Williams Jr., Hank Sr., to Leonard Skinner, the Allman Brothers. Oh, there you go. To Stevie Ray Vaughan. Hey, man. Dude, yep. this is... Right up my alley. It's, uh, Stevie Ray's my guitar hero. Really? Oh, yeah, dude. All of my guitar playing, I've, I've really kind of based it on uh, Stevie and, like, well, John Mayer he, and that kind of He's style. not somebody bad to follow, I promise Mm-mm. you. You know that. Mm-mm. Not at all. I had a – when I was uh, 13, um, I was, like, a year into playing guitar, and my dad was like, have you ever heard of Stevie Ray Vaughan? And I was like, I don't know who that is. And he was like, well, let's – we're going we're gonna to watch some Stevie Ray Vaughan. Just yes, totally indeed. changed my world at that point. So I understand that, bro. I really do. And he's the only reason. I mean, he's the reason I, uh, you know, can't play anything other than a Stratocaster, too. So come on. <laughs> and look, we can we can go back and forth with that because gonna, yeah, <laughs> I know, I know. Look, I still I still got my telly. Yeah. You know, I've I'm got a big telly fan. When I hear yeah. that ping, ping in the background, I just <laughs> I can't get away from that. At the same I understand, time, man. man. I understand. I, I just dude. love that good old blues sound. Also. Oh, I do too. I do too, man. So, you got any music coming out right now? We uh, we've been having our current record out for the last two years. It came out in 2018. Now, our new record is going to come out in. Uh, let's. It's going to be 2020 next year, right? Yeah. <laughs> yes, it is. And yeah. Fe- hey, the bourbon works. Yeah, the bourbon works. <laughs> so it, it, about February, we're going to come out with a new record. Good for you, man. We're releasing a new song in two weeks. It's called 12 Ounces of I Don't Care. Nice. <laughs> I love so, it. I love the drinking songs. I love the feel good, you know, tugs at your heart songs at the same yeah, time. But we love to have fun on stage also. That's awesome, buddy. That's awesome. Well, thank you so much for sitting down with me for for a couple minutes. Um, let's go drink some bourbon. Let's do it. Sounds good. Kendall Schaefer, everybody. Thank you so much. All right, my man. Friend. Thank you. Appreciate it. So I'm sitting down now with Low Cash, who are apparently, according to uh, to the PR guy, bourbon drinkers as well. We're in the bourbon mafia, dude. Are you really? Yeah. Oh. Okay, so it's more than just bourbon drinkers. It's more you're, than just bourbon drinkers, You're, you're bourbon yeah, guys. It's a bourbon deal. way of life. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> is there another way? Absolutely not. Right. No. This no. is correct. 100% not. Guys, welcome to the show. Thank Dude, you. Glad yeah. to be on it. Yeah. You guys are about to play a set, right? Yes. Yeah? Yes. Yep, about to hit the stage here in just a minute, and uh, we'll be taking our Angel's Envy with us on stage. Ooh, And we're doing the rye right now. Yeah. Yeah. It's good stuff, man. I had uh, uh, the founder of Angel's Envy on the show yesterday. Wes? Nice. Yeah. yeah he was West just on the bus. Oh, was he really? Yeah. Yeah, yeah he might still West, be there. Who Wes knows? is part of the bourbon mafia. Yeah. So. Yeah. I'm already slurring because I've had too much. <laughs> can, you, can you guys throw me a bone and put we me in the bourbon that. mafia too? I mean, slurring rhymes with bourbon. Yeah, that is. So, I mean, come on. That's Goes a together. Really that's, good, a, that's a t-shirt right that there. Slurring rhymes with bourbon. Yeah. <laughs> that is definitely a t-shirt. Yeah. So, you guys are coming. You come to Kentucky pretty often then? 
Uh, you know, we haven't really. I mean, we don't play, but Tennessee is close enough to Kentucky. We go to through Kentucky home. a lot. Sure. Yeah. There's and a warrant for our arrest in Kentucky. There was. There was. You don't think anymore. it still exists? Oh. No, man. They let us go. It can might can still you tell be there. that story? Elizabethtown. We were driving way too fast. Two different cars, and we, we got not pulled over. We were driving fast. We were and, driving 80 uh, miles an hour. We were driving way too fast. We got pulled over together this in sweet, two different in two cars. Two different cars. State trooper. How, got how, a massive what? ticket. Slapped on because ticket. now the the ticket was so much because Chris had a bunch of passengers that weren't wearing seatbelts and that dude went he, crazy. He on raped us. us. He raped us. <laughs> can we say that? Sure. Okay. All right. You know he what I mean? Say no, I'll, you I'll, let you, I'll let you have it. This care. is <laughs> hey, this is your bourbon podcast. That you is can true. say whatever you that want to true. say on your I said podcast. He, not she. <laughs> <laughs> Although I would have loved to been if she raped me. If oh, that makes sense, okay. There we go. I didn't rape anybody. I'm glad. She did. I'm he glad. did. Look, he was a state trooper. He was doing his job. What's happening here? It's it's bourbon podcast, man. <laughs> Listen, he's guy was doing his job. I can't yell at him. But no, he could have been can. nice, you know. Oh, I mean, sure. we were just getting started out. and Yeah. I, I tried to give him a CD, and I think he thought I was trying to bribe him. Because <laughs> I was telling him, we were low-cash cowboys then. And I was like, hey, man, we're low-cash cowboys. And he's like, have you been drinking? I said, no, sir, I don't do that. And... <laughs> He's like, okay. He's like, what about your passengers? They haven't worn, been, why are they not wearing their seatbelts? Yeah. And he was like, did they all just take them off right now? And I could have lied. I could have lied, but I'm not. I'm a truthful guy. I'm like, no, sir. These guys, they're in the back seat. Well, I didn't know that they had to wear seatbelts in the back seat. Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, that's a, what you would think you had to wear. I mean, kids, yes. Sure. But adults? I don't know. Maybe. I'm not going to argue the point. In you know what I mean? Do, I understand yeah. the front front seat, but it sure. was an $850 ticket. That is a lot of money. That's a lot of money. So I've I, never heard of I it. I still gave him a CD. Well, good for you, though. Yeah. That's good. And he said, go to court, and he never showed up. So, <laughs> But he made me and Preston drive all the way to Elizabethtown, stay in the Elizabethtown Inn or whatever it was, which was scary because I thought it was from the movie Psycho. <laughs> we were going to get killed. And True. we went there, and we went over to the uh, the lady of the district court, and we, she was so she was so sweet. She goes, "Well, honey, your 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 officer's not here. If you just pay me two hundred dollars, you guys can just walk off." Mm-hmm. And that was it. Mm-hmm. It sounds like she was extorting. Yeah, I don't know if she paid the <laughs> court system that, but I don't know if y'all been to your district court. Elizabethtown? Uh, Holy cow, it's huge. That definitely sounded like extortion, though. It's huge, though. <laughs> well, they got to pay their bills. It's like a casino. They got escalators Jeez. in there. <laughs> you Restrooms with showers. You got to ticket everybody without a seatbelt. Right. For the love of God. <laughs> you must pull so, a lot of people over. So, so where are you guys actually located out of? Uh, we're in Nashville. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Well, that makes sense that you were driving through Elizabethtown. Yeah. Then. That makes a lot of sense. This was back then when we didn't have a bus. We you got the bus now. Yeah, we have a bus now. That's moving on up in the world. Yeah, well, just means more expensive. <laughs> <laughs> but you got the expenses for it, I guess. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So hometown rising, though. Dude, this is great. Great festival. Rising man. of a hometown. Yeah. Have you guys enjoyed it so far? We just got here. Have you enjoyed the five minutes you've been here? Yes, because we had Angels <laughs> I mean, because we, we got our bourbon rocking. Yeah, once yep. you get the Angels Every Rye, you know. So, all right. So you're a bourbon guy, right? I'm a bourbon guy. Yeah, okay. kind of. <laughs> talk to me about. Talk to me about something. There's a. Do you know anything about Black Maple Hill? 
I know a little bit about Black Maple Hill. I know that it was one of those that was kind of, uh, everybody was like, oh, you got to drink it. Yeah. And then as soon as it caught on, it was the same thing like Pappy. Right, right. As soon as it caught on, everybody bought it up. Well, it's the best I've ever had. Now, really? Portland is now trying to say that they have their own Black Maple Hill, but it's not the real Black Maple Hill. It's not the one that Van Winkle was part of. Yeah. Yeah. You know, but I, I have one of the... I don't think I knew that, that Van Winkle was part of that. Yeah, he's, his, his family or something was part of that. I know that. That's all I know. Huh. The secret of Black Maple Hill. If you guys look it up online, yeah, it's the secret of Black Maple Hill. Okay. And and they tell you the secret of it. And then the bottling company huh. sold over to Portland's, so they're allowed to take the name Black Maple Hill. But it does not taste okay. anything like the original Black So you Maple had Hill. the original then? Oh, I have it at my house. Oh. Yeah. Original. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he's the OG. <laughs> <laughs> I'm one of the OGs. <laughs> so I think what needs to happen is the next time you guys come up to Kentucky then. Yeah. You come over to my house and we'll I like we'll the sound of that. Done, yeah. Do we want to talk about the bourbon or the music? Let's talk all of it. Okay. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm. I still haven't got your favorite. Your number one. Your go-to. Oh, number. You so, got your wife. You're sitting down. What is it? You're at the bar. You want to impress everybody in the world. What is the drink that comes up right now? Uh, Booker's. Booker's. Yeah. What year? Uh, it's. A, I'm a big fan of the 2016 releases. Okay. Um, you're gonna pick that over a Pappy 12 Reserve. Well, okay, so. Here's my thing. Because the 12 Reserve is legit. I do I do like the, the Lot B a lot. Okay. But I'm I'm a I'm a high proof guy. Alright. Right. So you just care about the alcohol. Not necessarily. I like the high proof because they have meetings for that. It's less <laughs> right. But it's <laughs> it's less cut, you know? Okay. I mean it, it's it's uncut, it's unfiltered, it's got everything that, you know, it's supposed to be out of the barrel. It's the true intention of the master distiller. Right. Right? So, I think of it as the best iteration of their product, you know? All right. So, yeah, I'm probably going to go for a Booker's Moore and, or, or like a Russell's Reserve. Russell's Reserve is very What nice. song are you going to play right then? What song am I going to play right then? One Big Country Song. There's only one answer that matters. One Big Country Song. I was gonna it's a brand new single. I was gonna say "Cold Blooded" by uh, Gary Clark Jr., but no. Okay, yeah, that kind of we'll, lost us. We'll go one big country song. There you go. Yeah. Okay. So, so that's your new song. When that that's dropped. our new single. Yeah. That already dropped. Yes. Yeah. Almost top yeah. forty, baby. About to go top awesome, 40. guys. That's fantastic. It's rocking and rolling. Yeah. We're happy about it. It comes off the Brothers album, so pick up both of them right Absolutely. now. If you're listening to. His podcast. It's not ours. This is this is my bourbon podcast. It's right. his bourbon. I mean, I, I don't feel like we should ever say those words because this is yours. It's my yeah. bourbon. Yeah, it's, it's literally this so is my bourbon podcast. If you're listening to his yeah. bourbon podcast, which is actually called my bourbon podcast, but it's not well, mine. We can't say mine. Then Semantics. You man. should download yeah. one big country song. Yeah, for sure. Fix you some bookers. Yeah. Weigh it however you like it, oh, and I then need. sit back. Maybe maybe go ahead and download some Brothers, too, because there's a bunch of songs on there there's we want you to hear. Oh, I'm definitely going to do bourbon. that. I'm definitely going to do that. Slurring bourbon. Low cash, Preston, Chris. Yes. Thank you all so much for saying that. Thank you, Bubba. Yeah, lots of fun. So now we have an American Idol star. Well, we're going to talk about it a little bit. Don't, it's going gonna, it's gonna to come up a little bit. Gabby Barrett. Hi. Hi, how are you? Good, how are you? Good. You sounded fantastic this morning. Thank you. You are so welcome. So, you you start on American Idol. You, you competed on American Idol. You came in third. 
done. Right? I, yeah. Yes, I did. Yeah. Crazy, crazy stuff. You've clearly blown up since then, too. I mean, opening oh. the, the second day of a festival in Louisville, Kentucky. It's exciting. Yeah, it really is. So it has goes. country music always kind of been your roots then for... Uh, you know, I started originally singing when I was about nine years old yeah. in a gospel choir. So originally my roots were R&B, but I think you get a lot of influence from what your parents kind of play around you. Absolutely. So yeah. my dad was always the R&B. My mom always played country. So, yeah. you know, I I combined the two. So, and then I started performing when I was 11. So I had been doing it way before I did American Idol. And then American Idol was a huge blessing that just came along. Sure, and, yeah. And it... I didn't know where it was going to take me, but um, I got... It brought you to Louisville, Kentucky. I, right? And I got a soon-to-be husband out of that, too. Congratulations. So. Thanks. That's yeah. awesome. When are you all getting married? Um, this year. So in the, cold, in the colder weather, hopefully. Oh, uh, we got married in, uh, in June few years back june yeah it why was why would you pick june it was literally a hundred degrees the day that where did we got you, where where in uh, frankfurt kentucky okay so it was <laughs> it was miserable yeah i mean miserably miserably outside hard. but yeah yeah what are you doing I, no no no, no it kidding. was beautiful i mean we had a great <laughs> venue and everything you but like what to death well yeah it was worth it though right it was totally worth okay. it we were we were so we were high school sweethearts too oh, that's so, sweet we were like, everything's got to be perfect. And it was. That's I mean, so it was cute. absolutely perfect. That's so, so anyway, cute. I'm going to stop talking about myself. No, I no, love that. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> so you, you met your fiance on American Idol. I did. Idol. That's crazy. Yes. Yeah. So it since then, have you guys kind of uh, worked collaboratively on music? Have you... Um, yeah. been writing together and everything it's you know it's nice to have somebody that understands the side of the business yeah. you know as well and is a performer as well um and understands kind of giving support and being understanding towards things um so that's been really nice and yes we have been working together on music we actually wrote a song together that we don't even know what we're gonna do with but maybe maybe we'll become tim mcgraw and faith hill someday there like go. that so um he made the top five and i made the top three so we're close but that's a that's a really good indication of yeah. you know a that you know you can work well together and b you've got something like yeah sure you know you, you've got something behind the both of you kind of individually sure that you could do something with mm -hmm. for sure very true but as as you kind of transitioned into your your solo career how did people treat you as an american idol alum because that's like that's yeah. not a light thing sure. to to come off of you sure. know what, what what was there what was kind of that immediate reaction that came actually it was bad <laughs> i <laughs> I would imagine. It was not very good because I came off the show and no labels wanted anything to do with mm -hmm. me. None whatsoever. I mean, we went and met with them. We went and none, none. And, you know, going on a show like that, you you would think, and especially other people watching the show would think, oh, well, they're well, they're good to go now. And it's yeah. like not even close to that. You have to come off the show and then you got to start almost from ground one again because yeah. the show is all a lot. Mostly my season was all cover songs. But where are your original songs? You know what I mean? It's like the song right. is so important. Carrie Underwood wouldn't be Carrie Underwood without Jesus Take the Wheel and Before He Cheats and all these songs. No, sure, no artist would yeah. be. So, yeah. um, you know, I really just stuck my nose to the ground with writing and then ended up with I Hope. And then fortunately I had a few... Um, label offers come in and then just naturally gravitated towards Warner and it's been great ever since. It's it's so funny to see the machine that is American Idol sure. function and even winners 
of American Idol get lost. You yeah, know, yeah. I mean, there there was that chunk of time, I, like right in the middle of American Idol, mm-hmm. where like everybody who won did nothing. Yeah, like they never put out albums. Nobody heard from them ever again. Mm. But in the moment, everybody loved them. Sure. You know. Yep. I I'm amazed and honestly kind of. Um, Proud is not the right word. I just met you, but like. <laughs> well, I appreciate it. Thank you. <laughs> but but there's a sense of like, you know, good for you for for sticking Thanks. with that and and like wanting to go for that, regardless yeah. of that stigma that surrounds a, a, a post American Idol life. Thank you. That's a big risk to take. Yeah. For I, sure. The Lord has been very good to me. He's been Amen very that. very gracious. Very, I mean, blessed me immensely because yeah. I didn't know what I was. Yeah, I just kept plugging along and didn't know what was going to come. And now uh, it's just been amazing to see everything kind of grow and start to take off. So were you were you writing during American Idol? Like, did you were you able to find the time to write during American Idol? Not during American Idol. I was not because you're so crammed on time on American oh, for sure. Idol. It's for sure. When I watched the show when I was younger, I, I thought... Oh, you see people performing on the TV. I can go perform. I've been doing it for six years before American Idol. I could go do that. Went on the show, and it was completely like I was challenged in so many different areas that I didn't even know were possible of being challenged. Well, on. it's it's more than just, you know, you, you watch the show and, like, right. you know, you, th- you think that it's, you know, just a couple minutes. You go into the room with, like, Will I Am or Jennifer Lopez or, or right. whatever. But, I mean, how, how long is that actually? How long do you actually spend with those uh, those guest artists that I like the judges and stuff yeah um you know we got to spend some time with them fortunately I got to spend about an hour for my season it was Lionel Richie um Luke Bryan who's on the line who I'm on his lineup yeah. today which is very strange yeah, you are. it's very <laughs> and, cool and uh, I'm actually gonna go say hi to him after this and then <sighs> can you send um, him over and then Katy Perry <laughs> I'm gonna go say hi send, send him over here too yeah. I want to I want to interview him too that'd be and awesome and then Katy Perry and so yeah. they were great amazing on the show something I noticed about American Idol is they really really focus on the contestants um, which is right. really nice, and I was always very grateful. Everybody was on the show towards the staff yeah. and the producers of American Idol. How much they showed, I mean, if anybody listens to this and has a child or wants to go audition for American Idol or a show in general, I would really push American Idol because they are just great all around. That is so nice to hear, They're great. honestly, because it you, you hear rumors or you hear, like, you sure. know, what the, what the behind-the-scenes life is like. Because at kind of the core of it, it is to some degree like a reality TV show. Right. But to hear that, you know, there's a really kind of positive vibe behind it, mm-hmm. that's nice to hear. And I think yeah. that's kind of a breath of fresh air. Sure. As opposed to just like the producers being all in your face and trying to, you yeah. know, get you to react a certain way. Sure. And, and know, it being and just rough and like scripted the whole time. I mean, that's why originally I was a little skeptical of doing American Idol. Understandably not, so. Not just it, because it was American Idol, but any TV show. Because, again, I'd performed for six years and already was building an audience. Like before I went into Idol, I had 50K on Instagram and I had 110 on likes on a fan page on Facebook. And so I was building an audience, working really hard at it. Yeah. So I didn't want to go onto a show and have somebody kind of tear it down and destroy something I worked so hard on. And they didn't. So, but, but what I like about that is that you, you had a good following, but you still had room to grow. Sure. Right? So 
Yeah, I, I totally understand that. You want to still kind of stay true to what you're right. you're doing and everything. And they, and they but, did, which yeah. is great. That, they allowed that to that, happen. That's something that I, I remember, you know, I haven't I haven't really watched it in the past few years. I apologize. But <laughs> it's a shame on you. No, I, I haven't really watched it much in the it's past okay. few years. But, like, yeah. you know, in, in the first ten seasons of it or, or whatever, Yeah. they didn't seem to allow people to have their style. Or their take on on anything, and you know, if they were playing a Stevie Wonder song, it had to sound like Stevie Wonder, mm. as opposed to, you know, if if you were more, say, Delta Blues influenced or something, right. you know, you weren't really allowed that that take on it. Sure. You know, it just seems like, from what I understand, the my my understanding of it is that they've given the contestants a lot more space. To express themselves. I mean, I know that the show is run by different people now. It used it to be is. owned by Fox, and it now is. it's run by ABC. So I'm going to guess that they have different people and stuff. I don't know personally because I was really young when those first few seasons were coming out. That's Even fair. though I do remember my parents voting for Carrie Underwood to win. <laughs> I do remember that. But a little, it's blurry in between, so... I'm just fortunate for my season. It worked out really well. I, I don't. I, I'm sorry that we've spent so much time talking about no, American Idol. You've okay. done. You've done so much since then. Thank you. Um, what's the uh, like the culmination of the work that you've done since then? Like, what all have you uh, released uh, since you left American Idol? Um, so with American Idol, I've released um, two songs. Uh, okay. I've released I Hope, and then I released not too long ago a song called The Good Ones, which is the complete opposite of I Hope, which is a 360. <laughs> I Hope is about a a bad relationship um, and how you truly feel towards somebody, and then The Good Ones is about my yeah. current fiancé. And so it's, it's a bittersweet type of song. I wanted people to have both, and so we have a ton of more music that we want to release um, that I, of course, want to release right now, but that's not how things work. Sure, <laughs> my management's sure, sure. like, no. <laughs> and so, uh, but we're working on it. Awesome. Gabby, thank you so much for sitting sure, down with thank me. Sure, thank you. I really appreciate it. Best of luck to you. Appreciate everything. it. Thank you. For sure. You ready, man? That, that beer's good. I like it. <laughs> All right. This is the way I like to do interviews, by the way, yeah. is uh, doing a little bit of drinking. I mean, it is, this is my bourbon podcast, hey, so not? I figure we're yeah. going to be drinking I mean, a little bit. This but, is my uh, bourbon podcast. Yeah. Dylan Carmichael. Yeah. Welcome, man. Hey, man. Thanks for having me. Super excited to yeah, have we, you. We just played. Uh, we just played on the stage. Yeah. The, the, how, the boots and bourbon stage. Speaking of bourbon. How the set go, man? Oh man, it was so good. I, I about passed out though because I was so daggone hot. Oh, it's stupid hot oh, out here. Oh, so hot, man. <laughs> that's been uh, the, that's been the main point of conversation today. It's just how hot it is and yeah. how many bugs are flying around our heads right now. Yeah. But. Well, you know. They, Bugs are hot too. They're yeah, for water. So you've uh, you've got a, a, a pretty significant Kentucky note to your uh, to your heritage, considering oh, yeah. you were uh, yeah you were born here. I was born here. <laughs> I was born in Stanford, Kentucky. Raised in Bergen, which is uh, right dead center. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I love Kentucky. I grew up on bourbon. Everybody always, you know, they ask me. They're like. They're like, uh, you know, what part of Kentucky? I say, oh, well, central Kentucky. Uh-huh. You know, uh, bourbon country. Where the best bourbons horse, made. Horse country. <laughs> and uh, say uh, you start drinking bourbon when you're 15. Some people say you're born with it in your bottle. It's uh, it's to help you sleep at night. Exactly. It's and a, numb your gums. That's yeah. What, <laughs> rub it on the baby's gums when they're teething or something. So not, not just the Kentucky connection, of course, but you've got a 
pretty significant music industry connection as well. Yeah. 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 Um, Elvis Presley is may or may not be my father. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, that's that is fantastic. No, that is ex- that I'm, is a, a better answer than I could have hoped no, for. No, I'm joking, baby. I'm joking. <laughs> um, no, so my mom is a singer. Her name's Becky Montgomery. Yes. She she has two brothers named John Michael Montgomery and Eddie Montgomery. Hmm. Ring bell. Hmm. Those names <laughs> sound familiar. They've they been pretty successful in the country yeah. music business, you know. And uh, so it's just a family business, you know. The, I love that the, though. The I neighbors, mean, the neighbors down the road, they might the Smiths, they might be uh, farmers. Well. Their kids' kids might still be working on that same farm, but we're, we're musicians and we sing. That's what we do. You didn't, so it, it, it's an interesting kind of thing that you have to, you have to kind of balance, I imagine, oh, being, yeah. being in a musical family. Did you feel any kind of pressure to go into the music industry no. as you're getting older? No, I didn't feel any pressure. I, I pretty much always wanted to do what I do. Good. That's yeah, awesome. definitely... Uh, been a dream of mine forever you know I, I never necessarily wanted to be um you know i think that i never really cared a whole lot about being super duper famous and all sure. that stuff uh, of course you know it's nice to be appreciated for what you do but you know i was it was i was about the music you know the music is is my soul and what speaks to me right and you know it is. It's nice to be noticed. Yeah. You know? Well, and, and the fans, you know, I've made, you know, my fans are, they're not fans, they're family. Absolutely. And, you know, they I get to know them, and, and we have a, a, a connection through my music. And uh, and then I learned when I started getting fans that that's what's important, you know. So me making music, cool. It, it, it's good for my soul, whatever. But the important thing is if it's good for those folks and it affects them positively, you know that's such a great outlook to have though is just you know well, the, the, the music is primary yeah you know I mean it's it, why but but everything follows suit yeah afterwards and I think that you know if you've got your head in the right place which it sounds like you do I mean that's that's all that matters yeah, yeah everything's gonna follow afterwards yeah hopefully <laughs> now no, it seems like you know what they say the the cream will rise to the top or whatever you know i think that uh you know the the bottom line is that you can look at it from a perspective like oh well i'm gonna reach all my goals in the next five years or whatever but the bottom line is is leonard skinner you know they weren't their biggest until after ronnie van zant and all those guys died in the plane crash you know like music lives and I want to be making music now that's going to live long after I'm gone. And yeah. that is my focus, not, oh, well, I got to, you know, do this in the next five years or I'm going to explode. Right. You know, so I, it's all about longevity for me. I want to continue to make music throughout my life and I, uh, yeah, be I happy. Think, so. I think that's great, man. So yeah. uh, what, what do you have out right now that people can, uh, can tune into and, and listen to? Well, I just released a new single. Uh, it's a Grat track that I released uh, yeah. Friday. Which uh, that's awesome. Means pretty much like it's on Spotify, it's on Apple Music, um, on Amazon. You can buy it on iTunes, whatever. 
but it's not going to be on the radio. That's sure. A drat track. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. Ninety-nine problems, but a fish ain't one. I love it. I love it. <laughs> I saw that you released that earlier, and yeah. I was I was hoping you would. And then I got a radio but... single out right now called "I Do for You." Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah I've seen the music video. Yeah, it's good. <laughs> Thank it's you. Good stuff, man. Appreciate it. Yeah, go go check out uh, go check the music out. I think that uh, you guys are really gonna love Dylan Carmichael. Man, thank you so much hey, for, for, having me, for hanging out, thank buddy. You. It's been great. Appreciate it. Cheers, man. Cannot say thank you enough to Danny Wimmer Presents, good friend Fred Minnick, um, all the folks at Hometown Rising. It, you know, the, it's just a fabulous first-time event that they were able to put on. And I was so so fortunate to get to be a part of it in the capacity that I did. And I, I won't be able to <laughs> to stop gushing about it um, for a while. And it, it, it was nothing short of successful. I just want to say that. And I'm really excited for next year. I think it's going to be bigger and better. And, you know, not that this year was bad by any means, but I think that it's only going to go up from here. So as my voice continues to run out, Let's wrap up the show. Thank you all so much for listening. If you would like to follow up with me personally on social media, I am at pritter1492 on all social media channels. If you would like to follow the show, though, it is at my bourbon bot on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. If you could give us a five-star rate and review on iTunes, that really does help us out. It gets more people finding the show and listening to the show, and we're all about that. We're all about sharing this show around because it's special and we love what we do. If you have questions or comments, you can send them to thismybourbonshop at gmail.com. We'd love to read some of those out on the podcast. Um, Once we get back to our regular home base episodes here in a couple weeks, uh, we will start doing that, I believe. So get those questions in. We would love to hear from you guys. If you're not yet a part of our Facebook group, you can search on Facebook for This Is My Bourbon Group, and we would love to have uh, have you on there as well. Uh, There's just a couple questions for you to answer, so check that out bourbonshop.threadless.com is where you can find all of our apparel and merchandise so please go and check that out and then last but not least patreon.com slash my bourbon podcast y'all this is important um it really does help us out it is you know not something that everybody can do we totally understand that but it really does help this show continue on week to week month to month year to year and speaking of year to year, we are coming up on the two-year anniversary of the podcast in just a few weeks away from episode 100, and I cannot believe it's happening. But because of you guys, we have been able to continue with the show and make it what it is today. And thank you all so much for the, you not just um, the money that you've put in, but the love and the time and just the sheer passion for it. And that, I think, has meant more to me um, than anything so far and i'm just so so privileged and so thank you uh thankful rather um to have you all be a part of that uh if you do want to become a patron of the show again it's patreon.com slash my bourbon podcast you get stuff like uh bonus episodes you get to hang out with us via google hangouts uh you get live streams just for uh the patrons all sorts of cool things um that you can go over and enjoy there That about does it. I'm going to go save my voice, and uh, I'll see you next week. But until then, I'm Perry, and this is my bourbon podcast. Thanks for listening, y'all. Cheers. Cheers.